Put the suckers works out, man, it's time to drink. You know, all I need is some afterward drinks. This is how we do when the week is through. Welcome to the After Work Drinks Podcast. Here are your hosts. Hello! La, la, la. Uh, it is I, Pooch, your your host, uh, and I have my co-pilot back. I'm here. Dan- I'm here. Danielle is back. I have my co-host. Uh, welcome in. Settle down. Get your comfy chair. Get your uh, AirPods if you're a rich person and you can afford that. I say like a smart-ass SOB as I hold mine in my hands. Uh, settle in, settle down, and uh, get ready. Uh, of course, you are probably listening to us on one of our five main channels, uh, either iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or perhaps it's our host SoundCloud. Any of those will do, so keep doing what you're doing. Uh, in between episodes, you can always stay in the loop by following us on Facebook and Instagram at AWD Podcast. Uh, our Twitter handle is at AWD Pod, and the Snapchat is After Work Drinks, all one word, caps on those first letters. I always say that, but I don't really know if Snapchat <laughs> is cap sensitive. Either way, just get following. It'll be a good time. Um, we have a great show lined up today. We're reviewing several delicious beers during our Pints Out, Pints Down, um, including some of my treats that I brought back from Colorado. Indeed. Uh, I'm jealous of the vacation, but I don't have to be jealous of the beer because I'm going to get to taste it. We brought it. And a double dose of Here's to You, we'll be speaking with the head honchos at both Lake Effect Brewing and Migraine Brewing Company, who were the finalists in this year's Craft Madness Tournament, which was very, very successful. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program. And we've got some industry tidbits to cover in just a moment during our What's Happened segment, so stay tuned. And as promised, because I am like Honest Abe, the best president ever. A man ever, of his word. I never tell a lie, except when I do. But we don't <laughs> talk about that. We highlight the good stuff. Like right now, I'm going to highlight the fact that I did not tell a lie. As promised, we will have the return of our 99 Bottles segment for the first time in many, 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 many episodes. Shh, I'm sorry, but it's back. Uh, We're going to talk about some of our pet peeves, those little things that just drive you crazy and tick you off. Uh, We'll each give a couple of our own. And uh, so since I actually made good on all three of my promises that uh, if you go back to episode seven, you listen at the end of the episode, I said I would have a co-host. Check. I said we'd have 99 bottles. Check. And I said that we would have a special guest for our A Guy Walks Into a Bar segment. Check. Check. And uh, he's sitting there in the corner, but we're not going to turn his mic on yet. It's a... It's a surprise, you know. We're going to let the anticipation build. So you'll have to wait just a tiny bit longer to see who that is. But uh, for now, shall we see what is going on in the world of alcohol for the month of April? Let's do it. It's time for all the latest news and events. What's going on? This is What's Happened. In national news, legendary rocker and spirits pioneer Sammy Hagar has joined forces with acclaimed Emmy Award-winning chef and restaurateur Guy Fieri to create a new tequila, Santo Fino Blanco. Launching in May, Santo Fino Blanco is the second spirit in the Los Santo family, joining Santo Puro Mezquila, the world's first and only blend of tequila and mezcal. In addition to his world-famous Cabo Wabo brand, which includes Cabo Wabo Tequila and Cabo Wabo Cantina, 
Hagar is the founder of Sammy's Beach Bar Rum and the Sammy's Beach Bar and Grill restaurant chain. Fieri is as well known for his popular shows on Food Network, including Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives, and Grocery Games, as he is for his discerning palate and portfolio of more than 70 restaurants, including Guy Fieri's Vegas Kitchen and Bar and El Burro Borracho in Las Vegas. For the full press release, including notes from both celebrities, visit BevNet.com. And for more information specifically on their new tequila, visit santomesquila.com. And a couple of local area news stories. Earlier this month, Burnt City Brewing opened its new location, District Brew Yards, in the Westtown neighborhood of Chicago, specifically located at 417 North Ashland Avenue. But Burnt City won't be the only brewery occupying this space. 10 of its 40 taps will pour beer from around the bend beer company, Another 10 taps are dedicated to Bulldog Beer Company. The final 10 taps are reserved for a combination of collaboration brews, beers made under contract, and pop-up events. Built in a three-month flurry between January and March, Burnt City's 3-in-1 taproom with a kitchen serving house-smoked barbecue is a model with little precedent, a more-is-more approach aiming to rise above the din in one of the nation's noisiest beer markets. There's an important unifying point, however. All the beer will be made in-house. District Brewyards also comes with another twist. Beer service is pour your own at a cost of between 45 cents and $1 per ounce. There is no tipping for either beer or food. Each brewery has its own tower of 10 taps and will staff its own beer guide, someone to lead customers through the experience, which begins by trading a credit card just inside the front door for a plastic card about the same size that enables pours at any of the 40 taps while tracking the tab. Each brewery will make a limited number of year-round beers, favoring dozens of limited and one-off beers instead. The three breweries will ultimately team up on a collaboration brew to celebrate their novel partnership, BFW IPA. It stands for better fucking work. You can read the full story on the District Brewyards at chicagotribune.com. Also this month, eight Chicago breweries from the south side and suburbs launched the new Dixie Highway Brewery Trail. The trail follows the historic Dixie Highway from Beverly on the north to Crete on the south. Participating breweries include Horse Thief Hollow, Open Outcry Brewing Company, Blue Island Beer Company, Vice District Brewing Company, Evil Horse Brewing Company, Flossmore Station Brewery, Rabid Brewing, and One Trick Pony Brewery. Guests can pick up passports at each participating brewery or download them from the website for Dixie Highway Brewery Trail. Once all eight breweries have been visited, guests can turn their passport in for a prize and a chance to win one of four brewery swag baskets. You can read more on this story at beverlyreview.net. And for some local events that are coming up, the Chicago Culinary Kitchen in Palatine will be hosting Flight Club, featuring Illuminated Brewworks on Thursday, April 25th at 6.30 p.m. The first rule of Flight Club is you do talk about Flight Club. Tell your friends and tap in for six rounds of expertly paired craft beer, barbecue, sides, and a boozy dessert. Tickets for the event can be purchased at eventsi.us. That's E-V-E-N-S-I dot U-S. And the Illinois Brewery Running Series has a couple of upcoming dates. 
They'll be at Low Res Brewing on Saturday, April 27th at 11 a.m. and Revolution Brewing on Sunday, May 5th at 11.30 a.m. The 5K courses will begin and end at the breweries and there will be a delicious craft beer waiting for you at the finish line. 10% of your registration dollars go directly to local nonprofits. All participants will receive a free craft brew from the brewery and get to take home a collector's pint glass or seasonal swag item from the brewery running series. Plus swag, goodies, and giveaways from partners and sponsors and a chance to win sweet door prizes and more free beer. Your registration also earns you an invitation to stick around and enjoy the day's entertainment. Live music, food offerings, local vendors, and fun activities with the sponsors. Registration is limited, so sign up today. You can buy your ticket at eventbrite.com. And lastly, the Chicago Beer Classic returns to Soldier Field on Saturday, May 4th from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. As the only craft beer festival to take place on the grass of Soldier Field, attendees will be able to sample from over 150 different craft beers while taking in one of the most awe-inspiring views in Chicago. Guests will be able to access Soldier Field's grass through the tunnel and feel like part of the team. While sampling the beers, attendees will have the opportunity to meet and speak directly with the brewers who make it all happen. For more information, including how to purchase tickets, visit chicagobeerclassic.com. And I can say that I will personally be in attendance at this one. You will probably be able to find me hanging out with the team from Open Outcry Brewing over at their booth. We're going to be recording some audio and video content for the podcast as well, so please stop by, say hello, join us for that. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll get to see or hear yourself on one of our channels here with After Work Drinks. Well, let's not take up any more time because on the other side of this quick break, we have a special guest joining us that will help us co-pilot the show the rest of the way. You don't want to miss it. So stay tuned. See who that's going to be. Plenty more to come on the program. This is the After Work Drinks Podcast. For all the latest news and events, visit our page at twitter.com slash awdpod. And once you're there, make sure you never miss a tweet. Follow our Twitter handle at awdpod. It appears we have a guest. Somebody get that. Who is it? A guy walks into a bar. 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 All right. Well, it is a very special time. Uh, our very good friend, uh, not not some expert off the streets, just coincidentally uh, uh, an expert in in this topic we're going to discuss. Just an expert enough for us to bring in a friend, because who doesn't want an excuse to bring a friend on their podcast? Uh, we would like to introduce, uh, I would bang on the desk and do a drum roll, but I feel like that's obnoxious. Uh, maybe I'll give you a sound effect drum roll later. But let's introduce Mr. Alan Green of Loyola University. What's going on, y'all? Welcome. And it's uh, it's very much from Loyola University. Uh, the gentleman works there, and now he's going to grad school there. This is true. I'll be starting their high education program uh, in the fall. Super excited about that. 
All right, well, so the reason that we're like shoehorning you in here as an expert uh, is one, obviously, uh, we know from personal experience, we, we've we drinking, 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 drunk. We've, we've, we've drank it. Right. We we've, uh, we've had some beers with you. That's the safe way of saying it. We've had some beers with you. So number one, we had to have a reason to get you on. But number two, uh, because we are celebrating the the what was the championship matchup in our Craft Madness tournament, mm-hmm. and of course celebrating our winner, Migraine Brewing Company, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we wanted to have you on because both of those breweries look at themselves as a smaller mm-hmm. brewery in the Chicagoland area. Uh, they look at themselves as like the underdogs compared to some of the participants that we had on the bracket, such as Goose Island, such as Revolution, uh, such as Half Acre even. Like they don't feel like their Making name- Making thirsty now. Ooh. They don't feel like their name is as, you know, notable on, on that scale. And so you, uh, coming from Loyola, not this tournament that just happened in 2019, but the 2018 NCAA Final Four bracket. Memories. It was good times. Loyola went all the way to the Final Four before mm-hmm. losing to uh, Michigan, I believe it was. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if it's like quite the same as having a beer bracket, but mm-hmm. we can kind of relate. Like Loyola was like the little guy brewery mm-hmm. in the bracket, and uh, they did some things. So like. What was it like when you were there on campus working? Like, what, what what was the feel to know, like, hey, we beat all these bigger schools and and got to, like, the final four, mm-hmm. which is, like, a big epic thing mm-hmm. for for any college, but especially when you're, like, that that underdog, like, that George Mason in whatever year that was where it's, like, who the heck are you and, like, how did you get here? Like, we knew who the heck Loyola was because we're from here. We're from the Chicago area. But, like, I'm sure nationally a lot of people were like, Loyola? All right, give me the bullet points on what the hell that school is because they didn't know. So, like, what was it like on campus and in the surrounding neighborhood? What was the support like? What, what were the students like? Just give us a, a feel, I guess. Yeah, no, campus was great. Um, I, it's funny that you mentioned, that, like, not a lot of people around the nation really knew who Loyola was. You know, you all knew who they were and, and who our school was. But um, even in like the neighborhood, I remember at the time I was doing some campus visits for some students and uh, there's this part of about the tour, I always ask them, uh, who's heard of Loyola before? Who's been to Loyola before? And um, <laughs> usually it's always like, you know, maybe a few hands in the air for who's heard of Loyola and then like a little less for who's been to Loyola. Uh, but this time it was like lots of hands in the air. Uh, and, and I asked them, uh, who's heard of Loyola because of the tournament? And then you would see like 100% oh, hands yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the hands stay in the air. So uh, it was really cool to kind of uh, have our name out there. It was really cool for uh, the love that we got from the city. Campus was awesome. Uh, I think being in higher education, we're always there for the students. So seeing all the students just walk around with this just kind of high, I would call it, mm-hmm. just being so happy to, you know, hear their school just, being yeah, talked like a, about a it. buzz and, around campus, yeah, shoulders my, back. Yeah, my dad was telling everybody that, oh, my son works at Loyola. He was so happy about that. Um, it, it was great. Um, I remember the the first game, I think we were playing Miami, Um Work just stopped. Like nobody was working. <laughs> We're at in all. the tournament. Yeah, no, nobody was working. I had the game pulled up on like my little computer at work, and I was getting a little worried that my manager was going to say something. And uh, I look over, and she's watching the game too. And then we all just kind of booked the conference room and just went in there and watched it for the rest of the day. <laughs> so uh, they made a. It was a. They wanted a buzzer beater, and that was just crazy. So uh, you know, being able to watch the games, it was really great, especially because I feel like I missed out 
had on that experience as a student, being able to actually uh, kind of root for my team. Uh, so Streaking was, through the quad in celebration. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was nice to actually be able to do that as an employee, and it was great to see uh, how happy our students were. And uh, I, I tell everybody it's kind of crazy. One of the, the things that people know our loyal students for during the games is the Gryffindor scarves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bookstore was sold out of those scarves for like a long time. But I'm sure people like went to Amazon and were just finding anything. It wasn't Loyola like official merch, mm-hmm. but just anything that was close enough to the right colors. Mm-hmm. Possibly buying Harry Potter merch mm-hmm. just to like mm-hmm. be able to go to a bar or whatever and, and have the, the right garb on to, to celebrate and view the games. Uh, that obviously the Gryffindor thing, that, that made Sports Center for sure. That mm-hmm. got highlighted a bunch of times. But a person also helps you guys splash onto the national mm-hmm. level, and she got pretty famous. Yeah. Uh, Tell us a little bit about her. Definitely. Sister Jean. Sister Jean. Now, yeah. t- tell us a little bit, like, what's uh, what's Sister Jean's story? Because on the national level, you know, they painted a pretty cool picture, but it's not like she just became, like, a, a mm-hmm. fair-weather fan and was mm-hmm. like, oh, we're in the tournament? Hey, look at me. I, I love my basketball team. She's been that way since when? A long time. I know Sister Jean is the, the team's chaplain, so she uh, prays with the team before all the games and after the games, and she's pretty much their number one fan. So, uh, But she's big around campus. You always see her um, with her helper kind of being wheeled around campus. I actually ran into her uh, this past Friday. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, I kind of Starstruck. Felt, Look at yeah, her. Yeah, a little, bit, a little bit. Every time I see her, I'm like, hey, Sister Jean. And then when she leaves, I kind of do a little quick Snapchat of her uh, <laughs> uh, and send it to my friends because they love Sister Jean. But yeah, she's she's a great person, a great human being. Uh, I want to say she like celebrated her like 99th birthday or 100th birthday. Wow. Get it, girl. Um, so I was just, that was my next question was literally like if you knew exactly how old she was because I was pretty sure she was over 90. I mm-hmm. didn't realize that deep. So she's yeah, pushing, yeah. pushing 100 if she's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had a, 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 they had a big celebration for her on campus, pizza, cake, all the good stuff. Mm. So yeah, she, she's she's pushing up there in age. Awesome. Well, hey, I am super glad that you had that experience. Uh, I don't know that any of the breweries in our tournament were quite that, uh, I don't know, jazzed or like over the moon. Like, you know, it w- it's because they don't have Sister Jean, obviously. Right, Everyone needs a Sister Jean. And these, these breweries need a Sister Jean that's a regular just sitting there mm-hmm. getting like, woohoo, mm-hmm. get, getting lit, as the kids say, to be their, their brewery mascot. But uh, I, I don't think that, that we have quite that national audience. While you can listen to a podcast anywhere in the world, and sometimes people do. Sometimes people do. We've, mm-hmm. we've had some rando listeners in Europe, and I appreciate that European people that like beverages. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, like it, it just kind of uh, wanted you to tell that story because in a small way, like that, that underdog feeling and, and beating the big schools, that's the same thing I think that happened with Lake Effect Brewing and Migraine Brewing in our bracket is they were willing to do the legwork and tag and share and repost and get family and friends and employees and everybody to get excited about it. And that's the thing. It's not that there aren't people that don't love the beers at those big breweries, but it was like once these two breweries got their fans informed and knew they were participating in this it just took off like a rocket and we had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds uh of votes until like the final round we had almost 1500 votes and i thought that the voting might dwindle as the choices died down i was like well we were exposed to thousands of fans for 32 breweries now and i thought like oh man stage we're cutting back right we're, we're taking away a fan base so i i thought that the total votes would get smaller but instead the final round uh really really delivered and migraine 
Train specifically knew from round one, they gathered their horses and it was giddy up. Like, I think there was only one round that they had less than 300 votes. Mm -hmm. Every other round was like 300 something plus. So they did a hell of a job. And uh, it's it's nice to be like, uh, go win one for the Gipper, the, the whole underdog, give a, give a rah-rah speech. And yeah. that's what they did. So Loyola, small micro macro breweries, that's what we're all about here on the After Work Drinks podcast. And with that being said, we are going to segue into our first of two Here's to You segments as we celebrate this year's runner-up. We are going to get on the horn with Mr. Clint Bouts of Lake Effect Brewing. And uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about what the experience was like for him and for uh, his brewery and a little bit about himself a little bit about like hey uh you didn't know about us now you do come check us out this is what we offer so we're going to jump into that right now cue the trumpets it's time for our featured interview it's a celebration so raise your glasses here's to you all right, and joining us on the phone right now, we have Mr. Clint Bouts of Lake Effect Brewing. And uh, we're very happy to have him on because his brewery made it all the way to the finals Woo-hoo! of our After Work Drinks 2019 Craft Madness Tournament. You guys went a long way in the bracket, Clint. Uh, t- tell me how, uh, how it felt as, as you guys advanced uh, from round to round. Did you expect to go that far? <laughs> no, not at all. Um... Usually we lose, like, first round on these things. And um, when we were in Sweet 16, I kind of took notice. I was like, whoa, we, like, I can we actually advance. Um, yeah, I was able to, uh, to call on our, our fans from the neighborhood and on social media, and they immediately got excited and started voting. And I was tagging some of the bars that we're at, and then, yeah, oh, yeah, it was definitely, yeah. I noticed, like, the, the way that things progressed for you guys. So um, when we set this yeah. up, I sort of had, a, like, a decision to make because I, I didn't know if I wanted to, like, reach out to breweries uh, ahead of time and say, like, hey, you know, we're going to put you in this thing. Like, um, you know, are you guys are you guys cool, you know, with being a part of it? Are you on board? Like, will you promote it? And I, I kind of went like social experiments on it because I I was like, you know what, let me, I'm just going to tag all the participants and, uh, you know, whoever is going to react is going to react. So obviously there were some much larger breweries involved, uh, which was a, the feedback a lot of people were like, yeah, I'm surprised we went so far. Uh, but you saw the difference where like big breweries like Goose Island or Revolution, you know, they're, yeah. they're not really going to, you know, make an extra push to, to get their, you know, their fans, their, their friends, their employees or anybody. Cause you know, they, they got big things going on. Uh, so it opened up the door for the, the little guys to, you know, put a little elbow grease in there and, and react. Yeah. So I, I laughed seeing kind of how things went for, for all the breweries, but especially, uh, with you guys, cause I noticed your, your first couple of, uh, of post about it after being tagged you were like yeah like we're in this like popularity contest bra- bra- <laughs> bracket thingy uh yeah if you guys could vote for us and you know like I, I i figured you probably weren't weren't used to you know like you said you guys usually don't go deep in these type of things um no did you guys have a strategy at all yeah the twitter was sort of um the twitter in a way was secret weapon uh because i think a lot of people didn't realize that those votes were counted too 
And so we kind of picked up on that early on. Um, biggest problem I had was trying to summon the, because we have like 10, over 10,000 Twitter followers. And um, I was just trying to figure out like how to get, how to summon them. I still haven't figured that out yet, but if I was able to wield that, you know, that club, um, then uh, we, we could have really done some damage. I'm really glad you mentioned Twitter because, like that, that's kind of the the answer I was fishing for. Because especially going into the the finals against Migraine, um, what I had noticed is that Migraine probably like 90, 95 percent of their votes for the whole tournament, like Facebook showed up for them. They did a really good job on Facebook. Um, yeah. Not a lot of people were utilizing like Twitter retweets and tags as much. So when I saw that like none of their votes were coming from Twitter, every round that they advanced, I, thought, yeah. I, I kept thinking to myself, if their opponent would just maybe go as hard as they go on Facebook, go that way on Twitter, that might work. And I get what you're saying about how you're like wishing you could find the exact formula to, to channel that better because <laughs> you see these celebrities like tweet stuff that's just like nonsense, but it's like. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I got a million retweets and a million likes, and it's like, how how do you do that? You know, how do you do that as a as a local brewery? And Clint, kind of walk us through. So, right, you have your um, you know, tweets. We're talking about Facebook, your followership, but there's a product behind it. You know, there's there's a brand behind it. And how does you know Lake Effect show up in that sense? If you want to kind of talk us through, um, why do why do people drink Lake Effect? We have a, a local following that we've been. Um, we've been building and uh also we've been around for about seven years so um that helps just hanging in there for um that amount of time you start to just the sheer time and festivals and and just being a presence on the shelves and at bars building the brand that way and then we're also very interactive with our customers um and um, we've just been really focused there with, with events and you know, trying to give back to certain neighborhood events and charities and things of that sort. So just trying to really embed ourselves. And You did you know. say uh, over over seven years now. So uh, the brewery was established mm-hmm. around 2012 then, if I'm doing my math right? Yeah, yeah. And then from, from there, uh, I mean, as far as like how much product that you guys put out, how many different beers or styles of beer would you guys say you have on any mm-hmm. given day to offer? We have uh, maybe four uh, flagship beers, and then uh, we have uh, a couple of seasonals that we rotate in, and then we have uh, a pretty extensive barrel program, and uh, so that's kind of our experimentation. We have like this lake series that's mostly barrel age, where we take a lake and we uh, design a recipe around it, and then we'll source an ingredient from around each lake. So I like the sounds of that. Yes, we have that. There's like eight beers in that series. So, um, you know, throughout the year, and then we have all these small batch beers. So, um, that don't even hit the stores. They only stay here at the brewery and are part of our bottle club. And, um, you know, people join that or they're just sold right here in the store. Uh, so yeah, I would say that that puts us up maybe, maybe about 50 different beers for the whole year. 
Nice, and it sounds like, a, from what you're saying, a, a nice little variety, like you said, from uh, your staple beers, your your stuff that you rotate seasonally, and then like the barrel program. Uh, and you mentioned about what yeah. goes to stores. Um, how much bottling, canning, distribution do you guys do overall? Uh, is it more like local up there in the Northwest? Do you hit other parts of Chicago or other states with your distribution? Yeah, just Chicago, really Northwest side and the city and then um yeah we're in like some of the closer end suburbs we also make the beer for the morton arboretum so, oh nice uh, right around right around wheaton and like uh lyle downers grove there's sort of a cluster of, of accounts there um so we're we're pre- present in those suburbs but we deliver everything ourselves we generally stay pretty close Nice. Now, do you guys serve food at the uh, the brewery as well, or is it strictly your beers? Just a bottle shop. We have a tap room in progress. Uh, it's an old firehouse that we're uh, acquiring with um, with the developer. The developer's going to put housing uh, above the firehouse, and then we're going to be in the ground floor. So that's been um, in the works. That's awesome. Uh, you guys have a you guys have a target date you're shooting for. Uh, no, not yeah. I mean, I would say within two years. Okay. Um, you know, it's a long process getting the building from the, the city, and uh, it's quite quite a process. Well, it already sounds but, like uh, it's going to be a unique spot, so definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be cool. It's about a half mile from the brewery, and it's right next to the um, Jeff- Jefferson Park Transit Center. So it's a high traffic. It's also right by the blue line. So Perfect for people, long day at work, getting off at the blue line, they can stop in for a, for a beverage. That's that's the idea. Uh, yeah, we're next door to the theater, too, so that, that also helps. Nice. So so um, it looks like location's going to be really good in a, a couple of years when that's ready. Uh, just for anybody that's yeah. looking to visit the bottle shop that you have currently, can you give us the exact address where you can be found? Yeah, so... Um, we are located at 4727 West Montrose. Uh, you know, I started the brewery uh, very, uh, very small. So we're actually in an alley um, right behind the uh, Chicago Costume Tour. We do have a sign. We have a banner. And I've lit up the alleyway nicely. Uh, but it's, um, it's a little bit of an adventure. People have to kind of find it. But once you find it, it's 4727 West Montrose. Uh, we are adjacent to the Mayfair Metro Stop, which is the Milwaukee North Line uh, that goes to Fox Lake. And then um, and they were about 300 yards from the Blue Line Macho Stop. So we're, like, real easy to get to. It's just once you get here, you know, just remember you're going to have to go down the alley. Well, it sounds um, like with uh, people even that. coming in today that, hey, you got something that they're willing to go find. So it, yeah, It's that, worth the search down that alley. Yes. Usually going yeah. down an alley, like, bad things can happen, but this is, like, the best reward. You get really good beer if you if you seek yourself out and find the the bottle shop. It's, yeah. it's well worth the exploration down that alley. Um, I yeah. want to give you an opportunity uh, also so people can follow along with this news. Uh, you know, like you said, probably a couple years before you have the tap room, but uh, for just, you know, what's going on day-to-day and uh, news and things like that, can you give us your social media handles across, like, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, you, you just, uh, Lake Effect Brewing Company on uh, Facebook, like Twitter, or Lake Effect underscore LLC. Uh, you know, we're on Instagram as well. 
And, um, yeah, I mean, our website, a lot of information on that. Uh, we have a VIP list uh, that uh, you sign up for that. We send you uh, an email every couple of weeks about what kind of beers are, are coming out. And, um, and a lot of times we'll, in, inside that email, there'll be like a hidden sentence. And if you find that sentence, there's like a question. Usually it's a question. If you answer the question right, then we invite you to like a secret uh, tasting. Uh, either awesome. Or, I love the mystery that else. comes with it. Yeah, I like yeah. this. We're solving, so, uh, we're solving riddles. We're going down secret alleyways to get there. This is my kind of, <laughs> this is my kind of brewery. I'm definitely going to, going to have a good time when I stop yeah. down there. Going to search for that pot of gold. Once we get in the firehouse, there's a lot more visibility. So uh, if you have a pole that customers can slide down, like I don't know what the safety and legality of that is, but if there's a fireman's pole, I'm going to be there every day. Yeah, well, um, there's actually a couple of poles locations, but we'll we're probably going to put one in uh, just to have as a as a relic. They've been taken out a long time ago, but um, but yeah, there, there was a pole, and um, some people have asked if I'm going to get the apartment above and slide down the pole every day. (laughs) Hey man, the only only people I know that ever got to slide down a pole to get to work were the Ghostbusters. So you could be number two, Clint. Yeah, some people. Yeah, some people make that connection with us as well. So. <laughs> I want to. I want to ask you one more thing uh, before we let you go. Does the brewery have any uh, upcoming events or info that you'd like to plug? Anything big coming up for you guys? Um, just some local things. Uh, we made a beer with uh, a cafe down the street called Fanny's Cafe. Ooh. They provided the chocolate cake, and we made a uh, chocolate cake uh, stout. That is uh, that we barrel aged in uh, CH distilling bourbon barrels for about nine months. Nice. And we're yes. going to release that. Yeah, we're going to release that on April 11th. That, that's sort of the ne- the next uh, big release that we've got. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. April 11th, we got that on the calendar. Get some uh, chocolate cake stout. Yeah, I love a good collaboration yeah, we'll with the, the neighborhood. Stout. Yeah, we'll have a stout, and then the bakery is going to come with some chocolate cake to eat, and then uh, it's going to be at Fishman's Tavern. Uh, we're going to have two other beers on tap that are sort of pie cake-oriented, like a blueberry. We're going to have a blueberry pie, like mm. the Vice, and then we're going to have like a, a chocolate, like a German chocolate cake um, stout, which is like a stout. Um, blackberry goza blend. My mom's birthday is uh, in and, April, and she's yeah. a huge German chocolate fan. So I might have to make a swing through there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have yeah. mom slide. Have have mom. There's no pole to slide down yet, but have mom slide <laughs> down the pole one day. Maybe maybe in a couple of years for her birthday. <laughs> little German chocolate, yeah. little little uh, grand entrance down the pole. And uh, and yeah. before uh, before we let you go, Clint, I have to ask you one more thing because I thought it was the most creative way for someone to ever describe their job. But on your Facebook, it says that you are the man behind the man at Lake Effect Brewing. So 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 what exactly would we call your title? And who's the man that you're behind? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the owner. Um, back in the day, uh, I was more of the brewing in, inside kind of guy. I'm more of the outside guy now doing the sales and managing, and I have a brewing team now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So I, you're I actually need, both. I need it's, to go back and look at that. Yeah. So it's another yeah. riddle. You're, you're actually both. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think uh, I think you gotta you gotta update it now. So you were like the behind the scenes man. So you were you were the man behind the man, but now you're out in the forefront. You're you're handling all aspects of this. You're owning the place. You're you're slinging beer to customers while you're on the line with us today. You're you're working the you're working the register. So I think you are the man. Clint. I think so too. That's what I was getting at. You are the man, Clint. So if I go look on your Facebook no. later today, I expect you to have that updated to just the man. <laughs> Sounds good. If I can get to the computer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey. Stop coming in. There's another one. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you yep. handle that customer, and thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we're glad you did so well in the tournament, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for having me on. Have Take a care. good one, Clint. All right. Clint. Clint Bots. He's the face that runs the place, as as they say in some circles. I will so, say the, the mystery that comes with it down the alley. You're not sure what you're getting. He lit it up like a Christmas tree. I, I have to go check it out now. I know. Naturally. So, you know, like, it, it was nice because early in the conversation, I, I felt like... Uh, I felt like Clint was a little bit more reserved, but then we started getting firehouses and German chocolate and Slide all these collaborate. Yeah, like we got wild there. So um, I'm a I'm a big fan of that. And uh, man, he's if anything, he is uh, a Renaissance man. He does a little bit of everything, or so it would seem. So uh, very happy to have had Clint participate in the Craft Madness Tournament with his Brewery Lake Effect. And uh, he told you he's up there on the northwest side on Montrose. And in a couple of years, they're going to have a firehouse. So uh, that's, I guess, the, the bullet points that you want to know. Again, those guys finished second. Uh, they were in the championship, and they, they unlocked the Twitter secret. Uh, Power to the little guys. Unfortunately, Migraine, like in the last couple of days of voting, they caught on to the fact that Twitter was the reason that uh, Lake Effect was catching up. And then Migraine did like the first Twitter post, I think, of the whole tournament uh, themselves. And they, they won by about 50 votes, held them off just just barely so uh really good time and of course we are going to be on the phone with vince one of the owners of migraine brewing a little bit later on in the program in the second of our double dose our double shot of here's to you so stay tuned for that we're going to take a really quick break and we're going to come back with four count them four uno dos tres cuatro four different breweries that we're going to be sampling some delicious beers from in our Pints Up, Pints Down segment. That's Can't wait. It's coming up next. Stay tuned. My Instagram is weak as fuck. Instagram is weak as fuck. Cheese. Want to see what the guys are drinking, where they're drinking it, and who they're drinking it with? Visit them at Instagram.com slash AWD podcast. That's right. Let us know what you're drinking and tell us which breweries, wineries, and distilleries you think we should visit next. Follow us today at AWD Podcast. Pints up. Cheers. Oh my God, it's so good. It's amazing. Or pints down. This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? Yes, sir. We will have our second Here's to You with AWD Craft Madness Champ Migraine Brewing Company in just a little bit. But I figure that while we wait for his phone call, there's no better way to kill time than reviewing a few scrumptious beers. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the largest Pints Up, Pints Down segment we've ever had. I, there, I think was one other time we tried a good amount of beers with... Uh, 
It was like episode two with Tony, Tony Martino, mm-hmm. Mr. Renaissance Man, good friend of the show. Uh, also the maker of our logo. Ding! Cheap plug. Go to him for all your graphical needs. <laughs> um, but this is probably the most ambitious uh, tasting we've done since then. I think we just didn't want to pass up the opportunity. So we're like, why not do it together? Right. So basically, like uh, these first two that we're going to review out of uh, four breweries, five beers. Uh, these first two, I got the hookup from. Um, I love if you hear me. Yeah. <laughs> this one is. These first two, I should say, not this one. These first two are from my buddy Greg. And Greg, so what happens is like he's a big beer connoisseur. He knows his stuff, and uh, he often goes to like you know the the stores and the breweries when they do their special releases and stuff. And he scores all the good stuff. Um, I love that stuff. It's I'm nice just, to have a guy like that. Just right, hook us up. They do the work. Needs a guy. Like you know, I can't. <laughs> It's like when you have a, a like a, a drug dealer and like you know you can't make the meth and you can't make the the marijuana yourself, uh, so you go to your supplier. You got a guy. Well, so I'm very interested in delicious, you know, special, seasonal, one-off, first time ever, new beers, crafty goodness, limited supply, all that. You know, whatever it is that makes it special. I'm super into that. They're usually really freaking delicious, but I just don't have the time in my life to be that guy standing in line hours. Ahead of time to make sure I get it, or you know, run to all the liquor stores mm-hmm. and neighborhood grocery stores until you find one left on the shelf. Like I, I just I don't have the time. I, I, I have a guy too, so I think Greg and and my buddy Charles will get along very well. They are so good at like camping out, standing in line, the patience, the the exhilaration of just walking through those doors. Yeah, I don't think I have that patience. Yeah, no, not at all. Not I at don't all. Like people, so I try to avoid. As many of them as possible. But not y'all, because y'all are cool. Oh, we're, we're cool? All right. So maybe the three of us combined could, like, tolerate waiting in a line for something? Yeah. Maybe I can we could, like, rotate out for, like, pee breaks and, like, doing something better <laughs> with our time and just keep swapping out every every hour or so. Anywho, so Greg's our guy. Yeah, so Greg's, Greg's our guy. And, um... Basically, one day he had Snapchatted out some some pictures of some cans that he had acquired, and I was like, "Oh my god, dude! Like, I had just like heard about that, or somebody else was raving about that." Blah blah blah. And his his response was like, "Oh yeah, you know, blah blah blah, chummy chummy chummy. Like, you should come by. We'll have some." Well, then it turned out that I was at the the brewery right by where he lives. Cheap plug, Imperial Oak Brewing in Willow Springs. He he lives right near there. So uh, we went to their like St. Patty's Day three day weekend thing, and uh, we met up on one of those days there. And he comes in with a shopping bag and he hands me these. So. Uh, these first two beers that we're going to review, the first one I have here is Revolution Brewing, their Vanilla Death Imperial Stout. It is aged with vanilla. It is part of their limited uh, limited edition Deep Wood series, because uh, I guess when you age things in, in bourbon barrels, they're, they're made of wood. So, deep wood. D- yeah, so Deep Wood, is, it's not... The deepest of wood. Right? I mean, just uh, just how everyone likes it, I guess. Um I won't. I won't elaborate. It's. Uh, I don't get it. You don't get it. All right. I'll explain it to you off air. But yes, everybody likes the deep wood, especially when you're talking about barrel aged beers. So right here we've got. The, oh. oh. You get it now. Okay. So this is the Vanilla Death Imperial Stout, aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla. It is 14% alcohol by volume. And it comes in a 12-ounce can, which, you know, it packs a punch in its little size for sure. And as we like Some to do... Some big wood. 
Yeah, right? A little 12-ounce deep wood. It's just uh, it's a lot to handle in a little can is, is what we'll say. And uh, you know what? Sometimes it's not the size of the can that matters. It's how you use it. So we divvied it up three ways, and uh, we each sampled it. And as we like to do so much on the program here, uh, we like to refer to descriptions in the Untapped app. So uh, Revolution's details on this, it says that, oh, oh. It's using colorful language already. Behold! I never heard anybody like behold a beer, but here we are. We're beholding this beer. Beho- it matches the can art. It does. Behold our original barrel-aged imperial oatmeal stout, Death's Tar, with hand-split whole vanilla beans. Flaked and malted oats lend a supremely silky body that bellies the beer's considerable strength. Pronounced vanilla flavor and aroma blends harmoniously with chocolatey caramel maltiness and American oak. Uh, Some trigger words that they have here, some descriptors, is vanilla, smooth, boozy, subtle, and heavy. Which seems like opposites. How can you be both subtle and heavy? And yet here we are. So, uh, you know... Pints up, pints down. We don't go into, like, number ratings on here like you would on the Untapped app. Uh, for anybody that's curious, I, I untapped it at a 4.5. But, you know, what we're here for is a thumbs up or a thumbs down, basically. Pints up or pints down. So, for me, it's very rich, as so many of these beers often are. And uh, it's definitely smooth, as they say. And, again, you know, bourbon barrel-aged stuff usually has that alcoholy finish. Uh, I've definitely had some that are more alcoholy, a little bit more off-putting. This one doesn't like punch you in the mouth as much with that alcohol aftertaste. Uh, a really great aroma, like it's very sexy beer to smell for sure. Uh, overall, I, I give it a pints up, but I will say with the caveat that I'm good after one can. Uh, I can't drink multiple of these unless I'm just asking for it. Like this is not your <laughs> this is not your party beer that you have three, four, five of. You will no. be ill. You will not feel well at the end of the night, no matter how much you eat. Uh but if I'll let you borrow a hair tie if you need one for that oh, night. Thank you. The porcelain gods will I'll be take worshipped. Pictures. Ooh, excellent. Make sure you post them everywhere. Uh but yeah, overall it's uh definitely a thumbs up for me, very high up. Uh it's just something where it's like good to have one by itself or maybe pair it with your meal and then maybe call it a day. I don't think I can drink two or more in a, in a night. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, for me, um, I think the first initial notes of it kind of remind me of like a Werther's original. Like lots of caramel. Ooh. I picked that up. Okay. Uh, I got the chocolate. I got the sweet. And then like uh, the bourbon I got towards the end, I'd, I'd call it the third sip of bourbon. Like if you ever drink bourbon straight, like the first sip, you're like, ooh. And then the second sip, you're like, okay. And then the third sip, you're like, oh, okay. I like this. Um, but definitely the more I drank it, uh, the, the the more I realized like, I, cu- I couldn't drink even like a full can of it. I, I probably couldn't get through. Mm-mm. I'd have to split that with somebody. So. So, so nobody's more thrilled than the fact that we just split 12 ounces, like four, four, and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, uh, pints up, pint down. Uh, I'd, I'd say like... Uh, a pint up, but like not as enthusiastic as, as okay. maybe <laughs> like, like general it, pints. Lack, like a, a little lackluster. It's like it's off the table. Like maybe you're cheersing me yeah. across the table, but it's not high. It's not an above the shoulder right. pints up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I I can feel that. Well, you know, Chris always likes to give it to me that I'm the tough critic. Who's this Chris uh, guy? When do I ever no, go by Chris oh on this show? God, God. cheese. Thank Anywho, you. Anywho, um. This, I think the smell was delicious. I love the descriptor of silky body. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love a silky sure. body. Um, but literally the first thought and like notes that I wrote down was OMG boozy stout. Yeah. 
And I, I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway. It was delicious. I think if I had anticipated it being a little more bourbon heavy, I think I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. I think the first sip was like, ooh, kind of like that shock factor, like yeah. you said. Um, but it was tasty. It wasn't, you know, like jarring. It wasn't something that I would never pick up. But I think maybe at the end of like a fancy dinner in like, I'm going to say it that wrong, the glass that's like a, a sifter. Snifter? Snifter, okay, yeah. There we go. Um, like that's what I'm envisioning. Like just sit down, like a little like after dinner drink, but like a little baby snifter, not yeah. even like a full can. Like, well, like it sounds like for you two, the the best way you would enjoy this beer is like if you were at a fest and you'd got the little taster glass to go do a taster yeah. at every booth. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I think I could do a can, a full can, but by the end of it, I definitely would be like, I hope I was planning to like stay in for the night and just like chill on the couch because that's where I'd be at. Like the combination of that and possibly yeah. dinner, like food coma, it would be over for me. Yeah, not too shabby. This is definitely an awesome one to taste. I'm trying to expand that palate. Um, but for me, overall, in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to have to go with a pints down. Um, oh, dun, dun, dun. It, you know, I'm, I'm dun, a Rev dun, dun, lover. Shocker. Rev has been awesome, but... Um, this one wasn't one of my favorites. Okay, that, that's fair. I, I'm I'm always like one to say like pints up, but I can't drink a lot. She's one to say I can't drink a lot, so pints down. But I appreciate that she said overall she likes the taste. It's just something that wouldn't be like a go-to for her. I can appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, so the other beer that I was hooked up with in the magical shopping bag from my buddy Greg, shout out to him again. Uh, this one's been making the rounds the past month all over social media with like all the podcasts and social media like video review uh, places. Pod- Podcast. Uh, Who dat? We here. Right. That's right. Um, definitely, definitely uh, one that I've seen around, and I've been anxiously awaiting for this episode so that we can give our take on it. And that is Hot Butcher's Swans of Lear. Ooh, ooh. And it is an IPA milkshake. Uh, the description that they give in Untapped is a Citra and Cashmere Hopped Milkshake Double India Pale Ale brewed with mint and vanilla. Uh, some key adjectives, creamy, vanilla, smooth, minty, citrusy, all very true. Uh, so what I will say is when you're talking about like a citrus IPA or like a milkshake IPA, uh, off, often more citrusy than hoppy in that style of IPA. Uh, minty, I definitely get that. The thing comes out like green, like medium to darker green, uh, thicker body. Uh, definitely, I said it looked like the old school, like Ecto Cooler High C was what <laughs> I thought of. Uh, that might be showing my age. Um, but I think that was the pour. Yeah. Like, the pour looks very neon. Yeah, very. And then uh, very smooth going down. Uh, vanilla and mint are two things that go together very well. Uh, I feel like both in this beer, maybe in your coffee, latte, whatever, like vanilla and mint pair very well. And just like super duper like creamy, um, definitely some some viscous uh, pour coming out of that can. I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, on Untapped, I gave it a 4.25. For these purposes, Ooh. pints up or pints down. Uh, I love the can art. I love the beer. Uh, and for a guy who always says, you know, I'm not a big IPA guy, but if you want to give me an IPA, give me a milkshake one or give me uh, give me more of like the juicy, fruity IPA. Uh, for a guy like that, for me, this is right up my alley. So this pints up is very high off the table. It's not just above my shoulder. It's above my head. Um, dig in the swans of Lear. Get it. Uh, what about you guys? What did you think? Uh, I loved it. Uh, for me, 
I was a little taken aback by the pour at first. Uh, I told y'all it, it reminds me of uh, like a shot of something I would get at Whole Foods. Like, <laughs> I, I thought it was like a, this is to cleanse you out. Yeah, it's, it's it looked the, like a very healthy beer, which I was uh, taken aback, but uh, got lots of notes of like basil and mint. Um, it was very florally, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. Um, I told them uh, it's like a it's a beer that I would drink in my my Dungeons and Dragons campaign. It was it was like I licked a mossy log, but oh, like in a wait, good, in can a, you say that again? It was like I licked a mossy log, mm. but in a good way. Say it, it slower. Good. Say it slower. I licked a mossy log, mm. but in a good way. It was really good. Um, I gave it a five on Untapped. Um, yeah, you didn't pull any punches. Yeah, like, yeah. It, was, it was really good. The can art is like phenomenal. It was really great. We and, don't want no mediocre. Yeah, and like even the smell of it when I was done with it, it was like super vanilla. So like vanilla e. So I, I loved it. It was great. Uh, I'm a fan of double fisting, so I, I would give it two pints up. Oh, there you go. Yes. Double fist those green cans. <laughs> I for sure was a fan as well. I think um, this is something I probably in reading a label. I'm I'm not usually. Usually a double, double IPA or I'll tend to steer away. They usually get a little too hoppy for me. Just not the finish that I like. But here, I think it's the combo of like the mint, the vanilla, the milkshake style, which I've semi-recently discovered and freaking love it almost every time. Um, so I wrote down, give me more. Um, in my notes here. Um, give me feed me yeah, yes. more. <laughs> give me more mossy log. <laughs> yeah, so it was delicious. Um, I actually had a sneak peek of this beer a couple weeks ago um, and, and loved it as well. It was, you know, minty. I think of like Girl Scouts, like thin mints. Okay. I usually like like a good mint chocolate or a mint chocolate chip ice cream. So I was nervous that this was going to get like too artificial so, in the mint sense. So and I, it was not at all. It was delicious. So you mentioned like, you know, like mint chocolate or like the, the thin mint Girl Scout, which involves mm-hmm. chocolate because this is the other side of the coin, not chocolate vanilla. And I'm a chocolate mm-hmm. guy. It's not that I hate vanilla, but if you tell me chocolate or vanilla, whether you're talking about ice cream or anything else, I'm, I'm a chocolate guy. Mm-hmm. Give but me the vanilla, babe. Yeah. Vanilla and mint goes together very well, just as well as chocolate and mint. <laughs> I guess mint, yeah, so mint is versatile. I am also a huge pints up on this one. This was a, this was a home run hit for me. Fantastic. And uh, I believe we all mentioned liking the can art. So uh, we will obviously have on our social media pages pictures of everything that we sample here today. And while this episode, uh, you know, will come out in April, you can, when you hear this, if you haven't already, you can scroll back on those timelines, scroll back on the IG, and you can see where we post the can. So in case you somehow haven't tried any of these yet, you can see what you're looking for. Uh, whether it's too late to get it in stores, maybe you can go online. There's all these beer connoisseurs and uh, and people. Beer trades. Yeah, exactly. Beer beer trades. So whether it's in city, in state, out of state, a lot of people, man, they utilize the mail in these beer trades. And I'm not in on that. <laughs> but my God, I see people out of state that are getting these things that just look all kinds of freaky colors. So like how we said this is kind of like a neon swampy green. I've seen stuff that's like blood red and all kinds of crazy stuff where I was just like, that looks like juice, not beer. And I want it so badly and it's like oh yeah it's from this brewery in portland i'm like how do i get that if i don't fly to portland beer trades i need to look into how this works Mm -hmm. i want to be a beer trader for sure we need to ask our beer guys yeah greg i don't think he's a beer trader but if he is since he hooked us up with this maybe he can point me in the right direction of a sexy beer trader that can hook us up with some very rare things from other parts Uh, i was gonna say of the galaxy but i don't know that the galaxy is brewing beer but we'll just settle for other parts (laughs) of the country for now 
Sounds good. And moving right along from uh, from our Greg beers, thank you, Greg, for those first two. Uh, this is one that I've been enjoying quite a bit the past couple of weeks since it's been out. Bring on number three. Yes, yeah, so beer number three is going to be from Open Outcry Brewing Company. Local fave. And it is their Cherry Rogue Wheat Trade. It is a for their dome days that uh the winter dome up yeah there? you got you got to do the dome yeah, I, I got to do the dome I've been up there for the dome I didn't I didn't book it though I didn't have like a, a party of eight to like fully utilize it but it was really cool and uh, their rooftop is open as of now not full bore because obviously the weather isn't you know perfect yet here in Chicago but uh, their rooftop beer garden will be opening I assume as soon as April decides to like have some sexy weather I was gonna say if you tell me April 11th like we have a lot of things to do on April 11th yeah like every brewery has something on April 11th for some reason. I don't know what, what that's all about. But uh, So the Cherry Rogue Wheat Trade, it is a pale wheat ale. It is 5.4% ABV. So it's a, it's a light beer. It's a light ale. Uh, it's an easy drinker. goes down smooth. Uh, it says in the description, we took the original Rogue Wheat Trade to another level. This one-off limited release is Rocking Cherries. So here you go, folks. We present the Cherry Rogue Wheat Trade. We bought a hell of a lot of wheat again. <laughs> Delicate, subtle, cherry notes throughout, medium bitterness, 5.4% ABV, and risk controls that are in material compliance. Super refreshing and crushable. So the thing that makes me like laugh about this is it's the brewery that provides the description. And if you tune into crushable. if you tune into our November uh, edition of the podcast, you will hear John Brand, the owner of Open Outcry. And so it's so freaking obvious to anyone that's a friend of his that that he wrote this firsthand. <laughs> uh, he likes to say, "Here you go, folks." He likes to say he likes to bring back old school words like when we were younger it was cool like he likes to say hella uh he also used to work in the futures business and like the whole like trade market and stocks and bonds and things like that uh which is what open outcry is named after and uh so that was the risk controls that are in material compliance i don't know <laughs> what the fuck that means i don't think anybody on on uh, untapped does but more power to him. His his brewery has a theme based off his previous career, and he runs with it. Uh, and super refreshing and crushable, that's like his word for how we say drinkable here, how Danielle has stuff she thumbs down because it's not drinkable more than one. Right. How many more times do you need to knack me on that? Well, <laughs> you you put things down for not being drinkable. and you know, like Not I, true. I like to say, let's go have a picnic and, and let's crush some beer. So I'll go <laughs> with this crushable that John's using here. Uh, some of the descriptors that, that are used is light, sweet, and cherry. So so I will I will go first here in saying that I give it a 3.75 on Untapped, and for me that is a a pints up. If we're talking about how high I'm holding the pint, we'll say about shoulder level because you know warmer weather in theory is on its way to Chicago in theory, and when it's here, I feel like this is something that you can have with like a burger or a brat uh, in somebody's backyard, and you can just go all afternoon day drink whether it's a patio, whether it's a brewery with the garage doors up. Roof Top. Rooftop, yeah, whatever whatever it may be. This is an easy drinker, and you can do it like all afternoon long and not be a hot mess. So uh, I give this one a pints up. Now, I like cherry flavor a lot. However, this is not a strong cherry. We're not talking about a sour. We're not talking about anything super citrusy. We're talking about like it's a wheat ale, and there's a hint 
at the end of the cherry, just like they did a blueberry version of this uh, a while back. And same thing, not strong fruit flavors, just a hint, just a touch, mm -hmm. uh, nothing too obtrusive. And I think that in the grand scheme of things, that makes it more appealing to more people because you're not going heavy handed on a certain flavor because it's kind of like, well, if cherry is your favorite, awesome. You want it heavy handed. If it's not, then you probably appreciate this lighter touch, this finer mm -hmm. touch. Uh, however, I will give the floor to Alan over here because he actually feels differently <laughs> about the amount of cherry that's in this beer. Yeah, I just feel like if someone's going to call it a cherry something or a gnarly, you should punch them in the mouth with cherry. That's just that's just my opinion. Like I, I want to feel like I'm in Door County. Like if you call it like a cherry Bring this on the or cherry. a cherry that. So, um but I'm not typically a fan of, of wheat beers. I'm, I'm not. Um, for this one, I, I did like uh, for wheat. Um, I kind of would got like a little bit of like a cherry turnover taste. Like that's kind of what I would describe it as. If okay. I had to like, you know, name what it reminded me of. But not like super strong it's cherry not, it's turnover. Not, it's not giving you the like the cherry puck, pucker it, cheeks. No pucker yeah, cheeks. Yeah, it's not like like biting it. It's like it's like oh something's stuck in my teeth, and then like I get it out, and I'm like oh that's cherry turnover. That's what this beer was for me. Oh um, man, so not even the cherry turnover itself, like the leftover yeah, cherry yeah, turnover that yeah. you have to get out of your teeth. Yeah. So, so shout out to Arby's. I love their cherry turnovers, by the way. Ooh. Arby's. Yeah, I just, can we get I them as a, Arby's. Can we get them as a sponsor? I didn't Maybe. even know they I had so. cherry turnovers or whatever you just said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. so here's Try the here's I thought the they thing. Were all about the meats. We have the meats and the turnovers. <laughs> Does, doesn't sound as good. I know. Uh, so, so what are you thinking, Alan? Yeah. Here's what I want to say is so so me and you we've both been on the Untapped mm -hmm. app together. We literally just made Danielle mm -hmm. do it today. I just signed up. She just signed up, so she'll she'll be able to, to learn the app quickly and, and utilize it to its full capacity. But uh, I see on my little friend alert here on my phone that yeah, you, you yeah. gave it a two and a half, and that's, a, a two and a half. that's that's out of a five scale. So where is a thumb up, a thumb down, a pints up, a pints down? Like is it like sideways? Is is the thumb no, sticking to the side? Not allowed is to it, go sideways. It's slight, it's slightly up. I I definitely it's smooth. It it's it's very drinkable. I could definitely drink this like. You know, after I'm done mowing the lawn and it's like hot out, <laughs> God, I yeah. can't wait for summer to get here. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 slightly to the, it's to the side, but slightly up. So right. pints up, slight pints up, pints slight pints up. Yeah, Sli slight enthusiasm, not great enthusiasm, but it's off the table. The pint is up. Well, Alan, you teed it up for me. So if I'm judging a book by its cover, cherry, I'm like, oh no, thank you. I'll pass. No thanks. Wheat, yes. Give me the wheat. Give me the hefeweizen. I'm for sure on board with that type. But then you combine them and you tell me it's like, oh, cherry and wheat. I'm like, mm. I don't know. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm not sure. This blew me away once I drank it. This is for sure something I could drink. I'm not usually a cherry fan. I think that fear of like cherry cough syrup is always my fear when it comes to like beverages that have like a cherry in the name, um, but this was delicious. The cherry was not overpowering. Um, drinkability for sure. Nice and cold, went down easy. Um, I'm for sure a pints up, an enthusiastic pints up on this one. Oh, um, and I think it even uh, surprised myself a little bit. It, so it might even it so might don't even judge a book by its cover, it didn't guys. It taste like rubitussin, so it, pints up. It, it, <laughs> it, it may be her first review on the app now that she has it. We'll see. But I haven't oh. put a number in yet, so I got to officially do the number before I can like. 
check it in. Okay. Right? Okay. Right. So uh, basically, I kind of I get where everybody's coming from on this beer. Uh, me with like the the darker beers, like when you're talking like porter stouts, barrel aged. Yeah. When it says like hints of like cocoa nibs, chocolate, vanilla, whatever, um, oatmeal, and I only barely get that little semblance of it. I get pissed. I'm like, come on now. That thing was aging in a barrel for a year, and that's the most flavor you can give me? Yeah, you're so you didn't, at the you didn't get enough deep wood on that last you, one? Yeah, <laughs> you didn't get Bring enough deep back. wood in my mouth on that one. So what I'm saying here is, Alan, I agree with your stance on the the barrel-aged world of beers. However, I do appreciate that this one's not too heavy-handed with the, uh, the cherry. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it was a super sour and tart cherry, to me, that would be a sour beer is where I'd want to taste Different that. Different ballpark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like not that a sour can't be refreshing, but it definitely gets you a little bit of that 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 smack your lips pucker thing. And and sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want something smooth yeah. like this. So the the hint of cherry is where it's at for me even this the, spring, even this summer. The smell of this one like kind of gives you the full experience. It's like very gentle, not too like jarring, tasty. Pines up. And now we're gonna move right along to uh, the part of the segment that Danielle can probably speak to the most because these last two beers she acquired in Crowlers and brought them home from her trip to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, more so Littleton, Colorado, Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, this first one that we're going to try is Nancy's Sherbert. I don't know who Nancy is, but I think she tastes delicious. Uh, It's a sour Berliner Weiss, 5.3% ABV. Uh, Some of the descriptors here, because they didn't do the whole paragraph description for this one, so they just got some adjectives. It's fruity, tart, sour, bright, and floral. Agree, agree, agree. And uh, when you pour this one out of the crawler, because obviously the crawler's not see-through, you see some pics online here, and, and I'm seeing it firsthand now. It's almost like grapefruit juice colored, maybe even like deeper, like a really red grapefruit, like not blood red, but very deep grapefruit colored drink we're talking about here. And uh, I like it a lot. It's tart, but not too tart. Some sours really make you pucker. I don't feel that way about this one. Uh, Very refreshing. Again, we've got spring is officially here. It doesn't quite feel like it in the air yet, but uh, this is a spring summer drinker for me. And uh, I'm sad that it's all the way in Colorado. I I need to research. You'll just have to come back with me. Okay, let's go. Because if they don't can and distribute this shit to Chicago, that's what we're going to have to do. I think I'm your canner and distributor right now. Okay. Just bring it back. You're my sour drug dealer. You're my sour (laughs) distributor. All the way out in Colorado. So I'm going to give it a a very high pints up. This is super refreshing. I I love it. And I'm a sour guy. So I know it's easy for me to say. Uh, Danielle, I I don't know if you're in general, consider yourself to be a sour beer person. So what what did you think? Ooh, I'm a sour gal. I enjoy a sour, a goza, a nice tart, you know, fruit beer. I'm good with that too. Um, This one, so we actually stopped at the brewery and pub right in Breckenridge on Main Street. Um, So for those of you guys that have been out there, um, right at the base of the slopes, it was perfect location for us. And we just popped in. We wanted to grab a bite to eat, um, but knew, obviously, I was going to be greedy about my beer. So we did a flight, and this was actually one that I went back for some more of and then brought our crowler home. So um, something about it. Nancy Sherbert just does really well for me. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> um, yeah, the fruit flavor is awesome, um, but nothing too overpowering. And it's not like a super sour, um, but it just 
does really well. And I mean, it was freezing outside and I still enjoyed it. I think this is something that even in the warm weather, if and when it gets here, um, I would enjoy it then too. Um, this is for sure a pine sap for me and just going to have to go back and get some more. And then we whip our heads around and we look at <laughs> Alan here, who in general is a sour beer hater. So this yeah. does not hater raid. Well. Yeah, I don't know what Chris is talking about. Nancy needs to go take a shower. Oh, taste good. Oh. Na- Nancy, Nancy <laughs> tastes like sweaty filth to Alan. Yeah. Does not like that sour. Yeah. But that's pr- that's not, nothing against the Breckenridge or anything like that. It's just me personally. I'm not a, a, a sour, sour d- drinker. Um, it's fair enough. I know yeah. people that can't do barrel age because yeah. of bad experiences yeah. with like some hard liquors. Yeah, and like stuff. even like right now, just like talking about it and thinking about it, it's like I feel like my cheekbones tightening up and like. I'm starting to like salivate thinking about like doing a warhead challenge. That's like what it was like oh for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Drama a, queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. a little extreme, I think. It's yeah. not it's not that tart, man. Yeah, but it was good. I think I gave it a one and untap, but that's Oof. just that's just Oof. because, like I said, I don't I don't like sours. All right, so so Alan's a pints down. I'm an outlier. I'm I'm all the way over there with my my two colleagues here. A- Alan thinks that Nancy Sherbert tastes like licking the nape of her neck in August after a hard hard workout with lots of sweat. Is that what you're telling me? Pretty much. All right. Well, Nancy Nancy is is very disappointed, but it's okay cuz she's going to she's going to have a fling with me and, and Danielle. We like the way she tastes. So, mm-hmm. Nancy, if you're out there, I'm sorry. No offense. I don't mean any offense to you. Yeah, like what um, if it's the owner, like the head brewer's <laughs> like like mom or wife or grandma or somebody that's near and dear to him and, and, you guys and you're are just talking about her like that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to come in with like a fake mustache and not going to let me in the building. <laughs> This guy. <laughs> Fantastic. Let me slide over here. Let's uh, let's see what this next one is. Ooh, ooh. Spinning the can around. I like the name of this. This is the Love Rhino. Not, ooh. Not not Mike Myers and the Love Guru, but the Love Rhino, which sounds like a condom brand or uh, what I would like to make Alan here's new nickname. It he sounds the like Love a, Rhino. like Mark Henry's beer. Yes. I did not see either of those coming, guys. That was. Weird. That's the whole thing with the love rhino. Rhino, you, rhino. You don't see him coming until he gores you. Rhino is my spirit animal, so now I feel weird. Did I was we just, all like hippie and rhino and love, and you guys are like, yeah, wrestling, gorging. Wait, what is a is a is a rhino? What what was this love? Spirit animal love? Does rhino represent love? Since no. when? No, I was talking about the name of the beer. Oh, because it's love rhino. Okay. What does the rhino represent? Dirty, dirty things. No, why does everything have to go dirty? Because he's got a big old horn on his nose. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I give this beer a pints up for the name. <laughs> Come up, but. But um, for the. Take us through the description first. Hit him with that but. Yeah, so, okay, again, Breckenridge doesn't seem to do the paragraph descript- uh, <laughs> description, but they just do, like, the adjective. So they're saying strong, malty, hoppy, smooth, and dry. It is a red ale, imperial double, nine percent ABV, and um, I gotta say, like, part of this might be be because we're coming off of like some some varied flavors here, it's flavor country, as I like to call it, is where we were just visiting. Uh, the vanilla death, you know, very alcoholic bourbon barrel aged. The Swans of Lear, we we all love the mint, creamy, vanilla, smooth. Cherry rogue wheat was super refreshing. Nancy sherbet, tart, delicious, juicy. And then they got the Love Rhino, which it, it, this could be influencing just because like it's on the back of those things preceding it, and how much I liked those. So maybe if I had like a 
really clean palette and like spaced it out more, maybe I would like Love Rhino a little bit more than I'm about to say. Uh, I gave it a 3.25 on Untapped, um, which is more positive than Middle of the Road. However, I think for for today's purposes, and it could be just me like in the moment, uh, I'm gonna give it a pints down just because. Mark it, mark it down, kids. This is where's, historic. Where's the calendar? Let's put it on there. <laughs> on this day, Pooch gives his first pints down. And again, Man. Uh, as Alan said, you know, it's nothing against Breckenridge. They're an amazing brewery. I love their vanilla porter for years now. But mm. for this Love Rhino, uh, it could be that with red ales, it's not like in the upper echelon of my beer style preferences. Mm-hmm. I will drink a red ale, but, you know, it takes just the right tweaking and variance mm-hmm. to make me be in love with a red ale. And you know, this one, I'm just kind of like... I am proud of you. <laughs> right? To I'm be picky for once? So proud of you. Slow clap for him? Yes. Okay. Clap it up. Clap it up. All right. It wasn't quite Tiger Woods on the 18th <laughs> green, but I'll take it. So, yeah, I just... Uh, red ales, I, I will drink them. Uh, there's not too many that have put me like over the top or I was like over the moon about them, and, th- and that's fine. Uh, it's kind of like how Alan doesn't like sours that much. I will drink a red ale, but I, I have never given a, a, an untapped like a red ale a super, super high rating. Probably never more than like 3.5 to 3.75, if, if even that. And it, it's just the nature of the beast. And then also the fact that this is the fifth beer after four that I found really delicious and gave the, the pints up. Uh, it just and where are those others from again? The Flavor Country. Flavor Country. The the other beers come from Flavor Country. Love Rhino comes from a place in the Sahara with dirt and rhinos out in a field. I hear Guy Fieri's <laughs> the uh, president of Flavor Country. Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. Um, also, uh, what was that one movie with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen where he, uh, he climbed in a rhino's butt? Um, oh, oh it was it, the Brothers. No, the Brothers Jim movie. Jim Carrey? Oh, okay, yes. Coming out of so, a rhino's butt. Jim Carrey was the original, mm-hmm. fine. But Sasha Baron Cohen did it as well in that movie where he had like a brother and like he was a, like a loser soccer fan guy that had no direction in his life. Was, was it called The Brothers? It was The Something the Brothers. The Something I Brothers, think. probably I'm their last name. Idiot. Yeah, it was like The Something Brothers. But he, to, to get away from the bad guys, he hid in a rhino's butt and then got like birthed out later and it was a goopy mess. And uh, this beer... God forbid I'm going off on this wrong tangent. Breckenridge, uh-huh. your beer is not as graphic and bad as that scene by any means, <laughs> but I just go off on tangents. That's what Rhino makes me think of. So I just want to say that this beer is good, not great for me because of the style, and that's just a personal preference. And off the back of four delicious Flavor Country beers, this was the one I liked the least. So I'm going to choose this. Sound the alarm. The first time ever in the history of this podcast, which is coming up on a year of age in June. Uh, here I am in April with my first thumbs down. And it's because you brought it to me blind tested. Like I said, I think the reason I give so many thumbs up, uh, pints up, is because I... You know, I try not to go to breweries I don't like. I, I kind of know, like, hey, I usually like their stuff. I'll probably like this new thing from them. And so I sort of safeguard myself. This time you blindly brought me back two beers from Colorado. I mm-hmm. love one. And this one, I'm going to go pints down. What do you guys think? Um, well, to answer your question, uh, 
It's The Brothers Grimsby. Damn right it was. Came out in 2016. Uh, so Sasha it sounds Barra like Conan. something I don't need to like rush and go watch. It. No, I'm just gonna not at all. Pass. Uh, Mark Strong is in it. The best thing that <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen ever did was Borat, and I will forever worship oh him as a comedy god. god. Nah, 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 nah. For, I will worship him for that movie, but everything since has been pretty rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he was good in Sweeney Todd for like the hot second he was in it. I I bought I bought the movie Bruno based on the fact of loving Borat, and then all I got was a talking penis pee hole in my face in mm-hmm. glorious or not so glorious 1080p definition, which made me think one, why am I staring at a crisp high def penis that talks to me, and two, why wasn't Borat ever released on Blu-ray? It was only ever released on standard DVD, and that makes me cry inside. But we're getting way off the mark. Alan, yes. what do you think about the love rhino, damn it? Um, yeah, I kind of uh, mirror your sentiments a little bit. Um, I feel like, uh, for, for me, I would love to cook with this. Like, I would like to marinate some ribs in this. Alan's or... also like a kick-ass, you know, chef in the kitchen yeah. and on the grill. Chef. Yeah. Or, or I'd like to, like to put some of this in like some chili or like a beef stew or pot roast or something like that. Mm. Um, the more I drink it, the the more I, or I guess the more, the more I drink it, the less I hated it. So I would <laughs> give it like a, like a, yeah, like a pints up, but like a meh, pints up type of thing. Again, very lackluster. Hey, yeah. that, you know what, you know? though? I'm entitled to my opinion, Danielle. I'm just just saying. He's given a couple just above midpoint, like, angular mm-hmm. thumbs up. I, I mean, I'm slightly angular down on this one. So if he can go slightly up, I can go slightly down. I'm I'm, I'm okay with what Alan's mm-hmm. saying here. Yeah, well, I, I was told that this was a welcoming place. Like, I thought it was a safe space and a brave th- space. You know, we try to create a very inclusive environment. And this is a beer. But sometimes I'm about to get exclusive. Oh, okay, okay. I, this is a beer democracy, man. We we let everybody have their vote. We we don't try to exclude. But uh, someone's about to be exclusive over here. What do you think of the love rhino, Miss so, Spirit Animal? First, tell the story yeah. why a rhino is your spirit animal. So, um, one of my really good guy friends, um, Jay Witt, holler out in Hawaii right now. Um, serving she in the knows Navy. Jason Witten in Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> No. Recently unretired Jason Whitney. Yeah. Jonathan Whitney, we'll clarify. Oh. Um, but what a gem of a friend. Um, awesome guy. Just recently got married, living it out in Hawaii. Um, rewind, got, my gosh, probably. He got laid. Get it? <laughs> Hawaii, he's married. Probably happened that <laughs> night. Probably. I didn't get it. Um, but really good guy friend from just, college. Just ignore me. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, he gets it again. <laughs> gosh, it was Hawaii. Do you get it now, Alan? I do. Good. All right. Um, really good guy friend, and he just kind of goes through different animal profiles, and it's based on, yes, like the physical, but also the mental and emotional, and there's like different fits and like different categories for like who you are as a person, yes, but like what animal it like matches. Um, and so mine from the very beginning has been a rhino and it's something I've kind of fed into. So like All right. my my personality being steadfast, maybe not the fastest, but get me going and I'll keep going. So essentially your Patronus for our Harry Potter fans out there is a rhino. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
I find it weird that Ew. part of the spirit animal thing is she said it's partly physical. I, I yeah. Would, I would like Let's to say that your nose physical, doesn't go like physical. that. So, so your nose is all right for for a rhino less, spirit. Yeah, less about the nose, more so probably like my body. Like those of you that know me, I'm very much a solid figure and not on the small side. So I'd like to say that I'm sturdy. So she's not a ghost. No, yes, uh, not a ghost at, at all. As the kids like to say, thick. I with think. two C's. <laughs> with three C's, two C's, four C's. Couple of horses. Like, I don't know. Animals? Isn't it the most C's you have, the better? Is, of, that, well, I'm is so it the out C's of or the K? I mean, like, let's you let's, let's like layer up the C's on there, right? I don't know. I'm out of touch with the kids. Anyhow. I don't know what the kids like. They're all lit. Who knows? So I originally threw this beer in my flight. Um... When we were tasting, because I was like, well, naturally the name, of course I have to try it. And I'm not usually a red either. And then, so I think that was like part of it. I'm like, oh, like surprised, like did not think that I was going to like it. Um, but it is something I could definitely order a couple of. I could eat, you know, it's almost like the foods you were talking about cooking with, mm-hmm. like kind of like a red wine pairing. I feel like any meat, like any barbecue, same thing. I could drink this with that for sure. Um and I enjoy it too. It's not something that I'm like, oh God, I have to drink this. Um, but it's delicious and surprising. So pints up. All right. For so we sure. got one pints up, one pints down. Um, that works for me. I, yeah. I think we we ran the whole ran the uh, gamut. Yeah, we ran the gamut. And but I'm I, freaking proud of you guys. Like always, like trashing me for like giving it pints down on something. At least you, you know. Stuck to so, what you guys felt was right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but just recapping, I think the only one that we were like a clean sweep with pints up was uh, the Swans of Lear, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Yes. We want some more. Vanilla Death had a pints down. Cherry Rogue had a pints down. Nancy's sweaty neck mm-hmm. sherbet had a, had a pints down. Bless her heart. Love Rhino had had a couple pints down. I feel okay. bad because yeah. most of the pints down were for me. It's cool mm, though. So, so, so the big winner today is Swans of Lear from Hot Butcher. Yeah. Yay. Across the board, it got three for three pints up from us, and it's been basically getting those kind of reviews all mm-hmm. over on social media from other podcasts, uh, other beer people that do like IG accounts and Facebook and, and like video videos. And it was a limited videos. release, so those that got their hands on it, good for you. So again, shout out to Greg because I would not have my hands on it for us in this mm-hmm. podcast without him. Thanks, Greg. Uh, much like we have Alan sitting here, Greg will definitely be welcomed as a future guest yeah. host on the program. Hopefully we can bring in my friend Charles, too. He's a wealth of beer knowledge, and he's into the, the beer trading business as Hi, well. Charles. What, so. is, what is Charles' last name? Hi, Mary. Where you don't like stalk him now? Well, no, I just want to give him a cool <laughs> nickname ahead of time. Oh, right now, all I have is Charles, so I call him Chaz, which he probably thinks is horrible. So what's the no, last name? Let's stick with Charles for now. We'll come up with a nickname later. Okay. I'm going to call him Cha-Cha for now. Cha-Cha. Cha-cha Charles. Cha-cha Charles, baby. <laughs> Hope to have you on the show in the future. Uh, that Next is... time I see him, I'm going to call him Cha-Cha. Right. Hell yeah, baby. We'll bring some uh, get the maracas. Get the Cha-Chas out for Cha-Cha Charlie. Uh, we are going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, finally, I don't think we've done this since the... Finally! The segment has <laughs> come back. To AWD. I'm talking about 99 bottles. We have not done it since our very first guest, Kip Russell, when we talked about 
bathroom behaviors and the whole awkwardness that goes with that in the public bathrooms, or in his case, what he did on a kayaking trip that floated a mossy <laughs> log down the river. If oh you don't gosh. know what I'm talking about, you better go back to episode one and check that out. Yeah. But, um, hey, and quick plug, too, speaking of Kip, um, so Kip actually just partnered with Southside Jake, for those of you guys that follow. Make sure you give their music a listen. Um, coming up big time, and I know they were super stoked when it played in the United Center as well, so check them out if you guys haven't. Again, um, Kip on Instagram is actually kid with two Ds, Russell, um, and Southside Jake as well, too. They're just really cutting it out there on the scene for the music, so yes, sir. give them a listen. So uh, their song Slow Motion was featured at the United Center about a week or two ago, and uh, also Kip uh, just threw a feeler out there. He's starting a new podcast that I think is going to be like video based, from what I gathered. Ooh, get it, Kip? And he's looking for like entrepreneurs and like uh, some self-made men and businesses and stuff like that. Or women. Or women, correct. Um, and I don't know if he's going to go like uh, on the grand scale or keep it local. Uh, but it's the first post I saw about it. He's looking out to schedule his first few guests, and certainly once that takes hold. Uh, I've got some people in mind for him and we'll definitely get him either in the studio again or a quickie on the phone just so that he can plug that because uh, we definitely owe him. He gives us our theme music and I actually got to talk with him. Uh, he kind of like in a passing way said like, oh yeah, you know what? Maybe like I should redo that song, like modernize it up for you guys. So maybe I, <laughs> maybe we could scam, maybe that's not the right word, scam a couple new like intros to segments from him. We finesse. Can, like, fin- we'll, finesse. We'll finesse some segments out of him, some segment intros. Uh, hey, I've, I've seen videos of him screwing around with Southside Jake and his other buddies that collaborate with him in his basement, uh, in his little studio, and uh, he does some really cool stuff out of there, and I wouldn't mind us having a little jam session to maybe get some uh, new ins and outs. We're coming up on our year anniversary, so maybe year two we need some new segment intros. What do you think? Possibly. Kip, Kip I'm going to hit you up for that. In the meantime, quickie break, and when we come back, the return of 99 Bottles where we will talk about our pet peeves, the little things that we love to hate so much. So please stay with us. Plenty more to come. For all of our latest show info, like upcoming interviews and guests, Visit Facebook.com slash AWD Podcast and like us today. I hope we can be friends. We're friends to the end. Remember? It's time for some discussion. So take one down and pass it around. This is 99 Bottles. But a Pilsner ain't one. Hit me! Alright, I don't wanna I don't wanna overdo it too much, but this is the celebrated return of 99 bottles. I have not. I haven't heard that intro in so many months. So sad, but now it's a happy occasion. We're here, and today, our conversation for 99 bottles as we continue on uh, on all these lovely, delicious uh, offerings, these beverages that we just reviewed. Uh, now we'd like to continue sipping on their remnants as we have casual conversation about the topic of the day: pet peeves, the little things that we love to hate. And uh, we're gonna go around the horn. And my first one, uh, I will channel my man Joe Pesci in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I hate okay, it. Okay, 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 okay. I hate, hate, hate it when 
the drive-through f's you over. Ooh. It comes in many forms. It yeah. can it can be as simple as like a flat soda, the wrong soda. Uh, they they forgot your fries or other side. They gave you the wrong sandwich. They cooked it in old ass like <laughs> grease, and it's really dark comes brown. Comes out soggy. Yeah, soggy, nasty breading. Um, it could be fast food. Much of fast food is greasy. It could be they gave you no napkins. They gave you no ketchup. They gave you no sauce. You explicitly said, "Give me some." barbecue with them nugs and you have no sauce and you're not taking it home you're on the road so if there's no sauce in the bag there's no sauce in your life damn it joe pesci hit that scene <laughs> let me tell you can i give you two guys a friendly piece of advice okay don't ever go up to the drive through okay always walk up to the counter you know what okay okay Okay. They fuck you at the drive-thru, okay? They fuck you at the drive-thru. They know you're gonna be miles away before you find out you got fucked, okay? They know you're not gonna turn around and go back. So they don't care who gets fucked. Oh, Leo gets. Okay, sure. I don't give a fuck. I'm not eating this tuna, okay? Shut up! So yes, Joe Pesci gets it. He is my spirit animal actor. <laughs> He's a little fiery rhino. Okay, okay. Okay, 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 ok
set up dates and they just freaking don't show up. Like literally just don't show up. And I'm like, not even like a courtesy text, not even a, oh, hey, I might be late. Like, no, just straight up don't show up. It's like, are you serious? And even at work, so we call it a no call, no, no show. No call, no shows. Exactly. Like, what's the point? Like, if you're going to ghost me, like, just tell me. We're all grown-ass adults, right? Or we're at least trying to be. But it's not ghosting you if we tell you. I, my point. Like, I fucking <laughs> hate ghosting. Just be like, nah, girl, I'm not that into you. Or just like, hey, actually, I got invited to go to this awesome dinner that I'm going to go to instead and not meet up with you. Shit. Well, whoever the hell these guys are, dude, don't be messing with our thick ass rhino spirit animal. Did you listen to the last segment? <laughs> Seriously, She's got three I's or four C's or whatever yeah. extra letters she needs. There's like so much <laughs> at the end of it. Like, come on, bro, you're you're lost. You fucked just up. Just like, just either show up or just like tell me you're not gonna show up. Yeah, show up and show out. Like. Okay. I, I I agree with with all of these statements. Uh, we we will have uh we'll have some some pictures from our recording in the studio of today. Danielle. So so well <laughs> well all of us, but specifically so that those those guy or guys that she's referring to just know oh like Oh my gosh. I mean like these these websites this is have what you missed out on. <laughs> these these websites have pictures, right? You don't like go yes. on a blind date. I don't know what these people are doing. No, We're, I mean and it's even gone from like conversational to like, okay, yeah, like text and phone calls, legit, like, all right, hey, like I'm gonna head out in like thirty minutes, like I'll see you there. You left my ass at a bar. You know I still enjoyed myself and had a good time, but your ass wasn't there. I don't know what that breathy thing was. You're you the just worst did type of human being to like stand someone up at a bar, like mm. oh. Especially if it wasn't like ghost for the day, like the fact that they said like, all right, heading out soon, see you there. Like, uh huh. At that point, it's hard to believe it's anything more than an intentional game to purposely screw you over. Yeah, ghost them on a Monday, not on a Friday <laughs> when you're about to meet up after work. Seriously. <laughs> so Have yeah. Some etiquette, boys. Seriously, boys. Yeah, that's right. Some that's boys. right. That's right. Because you, you boys, you, you some boys, you, you ain't. Some boys. You, you I'm, ain't a real, I'm looking for some mans. You ain't a real mans, all right? And Alan, you, you, my friend, I'm looking at you, right in your, right in your peepers. <laughs> and you've, you've got a pet peeve for me as well. Yeah, sticking to the food uh, theme, I get hangry, like, quite a bit. So if I go out of my way to, like, ask you, like, hey... Do you want X, Y, or Z? I'm about to stop. Is there someone in particular that you ask? I'm not dropping any names. Mm. Wifey. Um, But I'll ask, and then they'll say no, and then I'll come home with my food. And And they eat your food. I'm pretty sure she's a she. You don't have to call her a they. And they eat my... Well, I have other people in my life that also eat my food. I'm pretty sure it's only the one that you live with that you're talking about. Um, Ivy. Ivy's my golden retriever, by the way. If you don't know. Oh, is Ivy the one that eats your food? Ivy has an IG, uh, Ivy the Golden 360 yes. or 630. Go ahead and follow her. So so Alan specifically calls home on the cell phone, and Ivy goes, yep. and he's like, Ivy girl, did you want some cheeseburgers from Wendy's? No, I know who's want some cheeseburgers. <laughs> and then Alan gets home with his cheeseburgers, and then all of a sudden Ivy's all like, nom, 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 n
out because it's your bowl so of ice cream. So I get cream. a little bit more into the pet peeve. Like, I don't mind you. If I go to McDonald's or something, like, I get fries, and you want to have some fries, like, that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't mind it. Those but are like, shareables. That's yeah, not the main yeah. course. Well, not even that. But, like, if I go to Portillo's and I get onion Ooh, rings. Portillo's. They give you, like, six onion rings. So if you want two of my onion rings, you just that's ate a only third. four onion rings that I can have. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole third of my <laughs> snack that you ate. So, I mean, if you, if you want it, just tell me you do. I'll buy it for you. Ooh, Ellen, I want it. I, I'll get it. You want it? I get it. Girl, I'm going to give it to you. I'm Yeah. I'm not going to say mine. that. I spin it. I ride around and I get it. Like, I'll get it for yes. you. Just tell yes. me. You don't have to pick off my plate. Like, I'll, I'll get it for Alan's you. Alan's flicking off singles off his palm, man. He gets you your own onion rings if paycheck you want. Paycheck to paycheck. I spend so much money on onion He's rings. Balling. It's ridiculous. I love it. I it's love worth it. it. It's worth it. So, so here's here's my thing. I, I work in I work in an industry where I get some tips now, and it's hard to like not look at the cash tips as like free money. Just like, the tip. Just the tips, and it's part of my income, you know. So like, I really should like bank it and put it away. But instead, I get these cash tips, and I like drive home. Spend it on onion rings. Yeah, I'm like driving home, and I'm just tired, and I'm grumpy. And what happens when you're tired and you're grumpy? You, you get White Castle. God. Damn right! I was exactly. You didn't even go generic on me. You know how I know your friends. Yeah, you didn't even go generic on me and say you get fast food or you make bad choices. You said exactly what was coming out of my mouth is I've eaten White Castle twice late at night in the past week because I had only twice. I had tip cash in my pocket, and then somehow I don't look at it like if it's not direct deposited, if it's not part of the quote unquote <laughs> paycheck, I look at it as like free money. So like, why not get this stuff? So you know, there's Lent going on. There's the seafood specials at. At, did at you go for it? I, I had no. a good, Did you do the Culver's fish sandwich? I did not do yeah. Culver's, but my parents rave about the Culver's yeah, it's good. fish That's sandwich. That's what I'm saying. So I need to do that the sometime during sandwich. this this Lenten period. But uh, instead, I slummed it with White Castle. Uh, I did some fish nibblers. Those are good. I did the crab cake that is part of the the three for three dollars. You like get yourself some onion rings. I didn't though. I got oh. fries. I got fries. And Those you know shrimp what? Shrimp nibblers are good. Oh, they really are. Did you at least offer to share your? French fries? I do. I offer to anybody because basically uh, after getting handed the bag and seeing the grease stains in it, I immediately like have deep regret and then I try to like pawn off half of the food on whoever will take it because if I eat all this, I'm going to wake up with like dry fried breading mouth and like five extra pounds on me in the AM. (laughs) So if I could pawn it off on anybody, I will. Worth it. (laughs) But I've got one last pet peeve uh, that I want to come back around to and that is People slowing down on the expressway and causing traffic jams just to look at something the on the shoulder. Like, there's no accident. There's no, like, eight-car pileup. No semi rolled over with, like, toxic waste. There's no obstruction blocking a lane. People are just looking. It can be the guy who's changing his tire with his four ways on on the shoulder. The guy that's broken down. The abandoned car because the dude, like, left it there four hours ago. And he's walking up the road with an empty gas tank to the or nearest gas a, station. a cop car that pulls him over. Yeah, right. P.S. Uh, I'm going to throw a little PSA out there. Scott's Law. It's a real thing. I know people have been like sharing it on Twitter and stuff and Instagram. Just pull over. If there's a cop in a car on the shoulder, give them space. Yeah. How irritating. People are losing their lives literally. Not to be a downer right now, but just get freaking over a lane. Give them space. My my thing with the whole thing is like when you are in like a 15 minute slowdown. And you're like, what is going on up there? And you and get up there and nothing is there. Right. It's like literally, <laughs> oh, hey, there's a tumbleweed blowing in the ditch and everybody Smooth slowed down to look at it. Right yeah. Here. And then all of a sudden you just pick right back up and you're going like 60, 70 miles per hour again. Oh, man. Oh, that pisses me mm-hmm. off. Like, 
I get it. I feel for anyone that's been in a car accident that needs broken down and needs to get a tow and like it takes away a lane or whatever or like some spillage. I, all of those mm-hmm. things that can happen that you see on your morning and your your evening commutes to and yes. from work. But when it's nothing, when it's literally like gawkers eye, mm. they just yeah. slow down to yeah. look yeah. and that causes yeah. a traffic jam. I'm like, you know, the speed limit is 55 for a reason. Keep doing it, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I that's can understand. Thing. I can understand, like, if there's an accident, like a four-lane highway, and there's an accident, and they're, like, changing it to two lanes or one lane, like, that makes a lot of sense. But if there's just one person that got pulled over, and then, like, all four lanes of traffic want to slow down, that's when I, like, start to think, like, maybe Thanos had it all figured out when he just, like, <laughs> and, like, yeah. Everyone was gone. Uh, hopefully those people were all these highway people. Yeah. Exactly. Like, maybe he was, like, strategic. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to, like, it wasn't the gawkers. A, it like, wasn't a gone. random. It wasn't a random half. It was those specific people, the yeah. gawkers. Yeah. I mean, I look at it like your options are two. If there's something happening on the side of the road, if someone's in distress, they could use, like, a good citizen, a helping hand. Mm-hmm. Either keep going 55 and pass them and do the old Simpsons Nelson and go, ha, ha. Or <laughs> you pull over and you do the right thing and you help them out. You get a little dirty, you help them jack up the car, change the tire, whatever the hell's going on. You, you, you siphon some gas, you suck some gas out of your tank, put it in there. I don't know. But, you know, whatever they need. Those are the only two options. So if you're not going to pull over and be the solution, just keep going mm-hmm. and don't cause a traffic jam. And that is my thing. Jeez. And I am super happy that we brought this back. I have <laughs> no idea, like, what our – hopefully we keep the streak going next episode. We have another 99 Bottles discussion. But – I don't know what that'll be about. We'll determine it between now and then. But I always like to piggyback off of the beers we review and then just slowly sip and have yeah. this conversation, which gets for much, sure. much more invigorated as we sample. How do you feel about the people that like slow down for every street because they're lost? Or they're oh. Like, no. <laughs> oh, I need I need a little bit more Nancy Sherbert before I could go into oh, that. Oh, man. I could well, go on for days ho- about hopefully that. Hopefully, at least once you get through the traffic, you're on your way and you're rolling. Uh, hopefully, you're heading towards Migraine Brew. Which we're gonna be jumping into next. We have Vince Therese, and we're gonna connect with him and looking forward to it. They're our champion. Let's talk about the whole experience from day one, week one of the five week. 2019 AWD Craft Madness Tournament. We'll hear from Vince and what his brewery thought the whole way through, and we'll make sure you know all the pertinent details you need to know before you go visit them this summer. Stay tuned. This is the After Work Drinks Podcast. We'll be back in just a minute. It's time for our featured interview. It's a celebration. So raise your glasses. Here's to you. All right, and joining us on the phone right now, we have Mr. Vince Therese of Migraine Brewing Company. Vince, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. How are you guys doing? Really well. Now, I I guess this whole tournament thing, uh, I I should lead off by saying that uh, we had a heck of a time trying to narrow down the field to 32 breweries. And, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people commented to us, you know, why isn't this brewery on? Why isn't this? Oh, these guys are great. So, like, um, just the the, I guess, level of excitement and uh, whether it was people that own or, or work at other breweries or their fans, like saying, like, hey, you know, we want to be involved like next time, like get us in next time. Um, the one thing that I said to try to, like, justify the field was it was a combination of uh, of both reputation, but also uh, wanting some places that I knew personally. 
And I had been to your brewery once before, uh, very quickly uh, had myself a drink before going to a Joliet Slammers game. <laughs> and uh, oh, I, I believe it was like a cherry, it might have been like a sour or something like that. I forget, I know it's cherry something. Uh, this was a while ago, but I, I really enjoyed it and I, I've been meaning to make it back. And obviously now that you won this whole tournament, I'm definitely gonna make that a priority. Um, well, not just you, I think I think we're all in on it now. That's so. true, we, we are, we're all gonna have to be in it. We're all gonna have to come up there and visit. But um, my thing was like with Absolutely. a with a brewery like like yours, I know you guys kind of uh, every time like whether it was uh, yourself or I believe would it be your wife that I saw same last name promoting it? Yeah, absolutely. Me and my wife and I had my whole family out there just kind of getting on, sharing family and friends and you know people that I know love the brewery. Right. Awesome. <laughs> so when I saw that, I, I pretty much I, I felt good about a, achieving the the desired effect because um, there was definitely some smaller breweries in on the field and and it was based off my personal experience either hearing good things from people I know or me having been there before personally and thinking like hey that was a solid product and so I, I felt really good about having you guys because from round one you guys were like all in on promoting and sharing and retweeting and, and everything you could to get votes and, and get the community involved and get your friends and family and employees involved. And so that's kind of where I went with this. It was like a social experiment because I was like, you know what? I could try to like use a contact email from the website of all these breweries and I could try to hit them up and say like, hey, you know, would you guys be down to like participate in this? I was like, no, you know what? We're just going to start it. I'm going to tag them. That will make them aware, and we'll see what they do. And you saw how, like, yeah. your your half acres and your goose islands and your revolutions, they're like, well, you know, we're, like, the big guys on the totem pole. Like, we got other stuff to do. So they just kind of, like, let whatever happens happens for them. But people like yourself you really guys, went You guys all took in. it and ran with it. Yeah. So tell us about right. tell us about that. Like when you found out you were in the tournament, um, I don't know if you guys get put on the like you know other other organizations, other other websites. They do these brackets at this time of year. So like I don't know how many of these you've been in before, but what was your reaction to being included, and, and what was your strategy from from day one when you you knew you wanted to give it a shot and try to win it? Yeah, so I didn't even I had no idea until actually the first day of voting that we were even involved with it. Um, actually, our social media guy Isaac, he he kind of sent me a text message and he's like hey um you know we're including this march madness brewery bracket and i was like okay that's kind of cool you know i'm a big sports guy anyway so <laughs> being involved with that was you know really cool so i was like okay and i checked it out and you know the first thing they're going to do is look at all the breweries right so we look it over and you know we see pipe breaks we see goose island we see revolution we're like okay well this is you know even to be included with this is really cool especially since we're such a young brewery you know mm -hmm. we've been over only open about a year and a half. And just to get that exposure to be with those names, it's like, all right, well, let's see what we can do. So, um, you know, I was like, I, I told him, I was like, you know, make sure you're just sharing it as you go along. And, you know, I shared it on my personal Facebook page and my wife shared it. And I didn't want to blow it up or overdo it, but I did want, and I wanted to get that exposure that, you know, migraine was a part of this. So, mm -hmm. you know, just to be involved at first, I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, people, you know, people know about us. They know about our brewery. Because, like you said, there's tons of brews in the Chicago land area that could have been involved. So, just to be a part of this for us is really cool. Did you guys even anticipate it going as far as it did? You know what? Not at all. So, just again, because we are so new and being involved with all those bigger breweries. So, mm -hmm. the first round when we went through and, you know, we seen we were matched up with Vice, I was like, okay, well, you know, let's share it. Let's see how this goes. And, you know, I seen that we came out to a huge lead in the very beginning. I was like, oh, wow, we got a lot of people that are supporting us here. And, backing us so i was like you know let's see what we can do here yeah you know i was and, uh, i was saying earlier like you yeah. guys kind of like just 
shot out like a rocket right away because um, round to round, I feel like you guys, the reason you won this thing is you were definitely the most involved with getting people to make everyone aware and vote each time a new round started. Um, the thing yeah. that the thing that was really nice about it was when when we like laid out the bracket, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, we're we're a podcast that's coming up on our first birthday this summer, so we're you know even newer than you guys are. <laughs> Thank you. And um, you know, I just I didn't know how what the response would be, but we through this tournament and through fans of breweries becoming aware of us, just as they were becoming aware of some of the breweries they may not have visited and tasted before. Uh, we got a lot of traction as far as like follows and likes and page clicks and things on our social media. And a big part of it, I think, was from your guys' angle because there was only one round where you were slightly below 300 total votes. You guys always had at least 300 votes plus in every single round. And I believe that you were the only brewery that can say that. Uh, Lake Effect, who met you guys in the finals, they picked up steam as they realized, like, hey, like we're, we're actually we're making it. They had a couple rounds by the skin of their teeth, but like you guys were blowing people out out of the water and then just had like a really couple a uh, couple close like final two rounds but man you guys were really out in front so like kudos to you uh on how you approached it because a lot of people you know you get your smart aleck comments on like the facebook and stuff i saw a couple comments where people were like who are these guys like <laughs> there's no way they're better than revolution but you know what like that is a closed-minded right. thing because i guarantee you that the person that said that has probably never tried one of your beers they just know that revolution's everywhere kind of thing and so Yes, to a to a degree, is it a popularity contest to where like you can get friends, family, uh, you know, patrons of your establishment to you know say like, hey guys, we're in this thing, you like us, you know, please show it by voting. So yeah, I get it. Like it's not like you guys each had a beer you submitted for tasting to expert <laughs> judges, you know. Although to, that would be delicious. Right. That that would right. be delicious. Maybe maybe <laughs> maybe we'll make that requirement in a future edition of the bracket in future years. It'll but, be another you know, degree of the final four tasting. Yeah. So actually. There you that, go. I like that. That's a good that, idea. Yeah. This girl, this girl's full of good ideas. You know, yeah, it might be much to ask 32 breweries for our little old <laughs> podcast. Like, hey, brew something up for us. But like maybe in the final four, like, hey, everybody submit something and then it goes to judges instead of like votes after that. Yeah. That would be cool. But, uh, you know, you, you just uh, you just got to like accept the fact that, yes, you know, some people are like, oh, well, this brewery's beer is amazing. How is it they lost in the first or second round? Well, I, I get it. Like part of it is, is how far you're willing to go in the quote unquote popularity contest. But I actually like the social aspect of it because it shows like how passionate your fans of your brewery are and and being so short-lived like you said about a year and a half uh you should be super proud of that and hope to see that like continue with each year as you guys continue your growth so that's actually what i'm a fan of is like yes nobody specifically tasted your beer and made you advance based on your beer but it shows that the people who are tasting your beers come out in full support on social media and made sure they voted you through each and every round so like how how ecstatic were you just to have that feedback from the patrons of your brewery well, that's, that's the most important thing for us. So, you know, we opened up a brewery downtown Joliet. It's an area that's trying to be revitalized in the first place. Um, so, you know, when we were looking to even put the brewery here a year and a half ago, you know, one of the questions that we were asking ourselves was, you know, there's so many up-and-coming breweries. Mm-hmm. You know, where do we want to go? And uh, Joliet being, you know, I think it's the third largest city in Illinois right now, doesn't have, a, at the time, didn't have any breweries. And I was like, you know what? I was a home brewer for 10 years i understand how much people appreciate a good craft beer and i understand you know going to i 
going to Northern Michigan all the time, and even going up to like Small Shorts Brewing Company in Bel Air, and to see how the community just became there based off of the brewery and how people come together. That's kind of what we wanted to bring to Joliet in the first place. It's I just love kind it. Of something that they can, something that they can call their own, a beer that they can call their own, and you know they go on the shelves of local liquor stores and they say, "Hey, this is from Joliet," you know, and they can appreciate that. And to have that feedback from them is huge. That's that's what this is all about for us in the first place. So, fully, fully agree. Like uh, every interview I do, I think we always touch on like the community aspect and like having that like local place. You know, like before the whole like brewery scene across America with craft beer like really exploded. Uh, you know, people would say, let's go down to the local watering hole, like the local <laughs> tavern, you know, but to actually exactly. have like a brewery where it's like, hey, like this is all exclusive to this place. Like they brew this here. Um, it's really cool. It's a nice you know place to come have delicious beer and, and just meet up with family and friends and hang out and socialize. And, and it's uh, kind of like a throwback, you know, before we're all like buried in computers and phones and technology to like just sit and have a pint with your buddies and, uh, you know, chit chat. It's, yeah. it's really cool. And uh, the one time I visited was a really, really good time and so now i want to ask you a little bit uh just about some bullet points some some factoids that we can give out to the listeners in case uh they are that person that hasn't heard of you or you know maybe heard of you but hasn't had the chance to make it out there yet uh you said that you're about a year and a half old so would that be 2017 that you opened yes we opened in uh august 31st is actually our soft opening in 2017 nice and uh i know i looked uh at your beer menu and saw like no less than like six things that I immediately wanted to try, but I was <laughs> one there. One at a time. One yeah. at a time. I was there. I was there. I was there to pregame for for a Slammers baseball game, and uh, you know, like I didn't want to go too nuts because we had like a sweet and beer that was going to be in there too, you know. So like I, I had the one beer that I tried that day, but I did see no less than six that I wanted to try, and plenty more that were available. So my next question is, how many beers or and how many styles of beer? Uh, do you guys usually have available on tap at once? You know, we try to keep a good variety anywhere between like 15 and 18, depending on, you know, seasonals and stuff like that. And uh, it's literally everything you could ask for. Our brewer, Dan, is actually really big into brewing traditional German beer, which is kind of cool to bring that here. But, you know, and that's, that's where the mix comes in good because I'm a, you know, I'm a newer age beer kind of guy. I'm into the big hazy IPAs and the pastry stouts. And, so but, you guys you have know, a pretty good balance really going then for you. Absolutely, yeah. A little bit of everything. Now, the variety thing, that's the a thing that I, I like seeing. Not to disparage any breweries that maybe only have like six to eight things on tap, but I love when I see like a 15 to 20 different taps because at that point, if you like beer, there should probably be no excuse. As long as those 15 plus taps are, are varied, there's got to be something there for, for every beer lover to, to try and enjoy. Um, what I would like to also ask you, you may have slightly answered my question. We'll see, we'll see where you go with this, but you mentioned that, uh, you, you like the idea of the pride of somebody like tasting your beer and saying, uh, Hey, like this is from Joliet. This is like awesome. This represents us. Do you guys distribute or bottle or can, like, is there a way to have your beer outside of sitting down at your establishment? Yeah, we are canning right now and we distribute through Coastal Brothers, which basically covers all of Will County parts of, I believe it's small parts of Kendall County and Kankakee County. So there's a lot of local liquor stores in New Lenox, Plainfield, Joliet, you know, surrounding suburbs to us that do carry it and a few bars as well. Nice, nice. And uh, I got to ask you, obviously I've alluded that you're, you're right by the baseball stadium there, but could you give the exact address for people that would be interested in visiting? Sure. We're at 50 East Jefferson Street, Suite 106. 
and it's literally the old Union Station downtown Joliet. Which just like is a really freaking cool look for you guys. Like when I yeah. when I rolled up the first time I looked, I was like, "There's a brewery in there." I was like, "This is cool." Like so, <laughs> I, I was really happy about the location for sure. Talk about iconic, though. I mean, you know, you said, "Hey, like bringing it back to Joliet." You know, it's an area that's being revitalized. What was kind of the mindset around that? I mean, obviously, you had to have been thinking, you know, where's going to be a good fit, but then let alone in Joliet specifically there. Um, how'd you guys come up with that? Was it, you know, intentional? Was it open? No, so we actually, um, when we decided that Joliet was the place that we were going to look, we went with, uh, met with a whole bunch of city, different city officials. Um, they kind of took us around different buildings in the downtown area. And they showed us, I think it was like four or five places before we even came to the train station. The train station wasn't even really an option for them because it was such, it was, you know, it wasn't being used for like seven or eight years. So there was a lot of work that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once we went through all the different buildings that they showed us and, you know, nothing really stuck out the way that we were really hoping for. They just took us over here. And as soon as me and my business partner walked in, we literally fell in love with the idea of having a brewery here. Uh, we knew it was going to be a ton of work because the build out was about a year in itself, a year and a year and a half, but um, totally worth it. Definitely. I, I 100% agree with that. Like, I, I could see where, like, some people starting out, if it's, like, their first four, uh, foray into, like, hey, I want to open a brewery, and, you know, like, how big do I try to go as far as, like, location? Do you kind of, like, bet on yourself and be like, hey, like, let's get a big space and hope that we fill it out and that it's justified? Or do you start small and then you kind of, like, oh, man, we got popular, we're overcrowded, like, do we expand? Like, if there's room to, to maybe get the suite next to us or, or do we open a second tap room? You know, like, that's all variables that, that come to play for all these breweries. So the fact that you have a pretty sizable establishment there and, and that you guys hit the ground running and, and you do so well, and I, I'd imagine like like I was there before a baseball game, I, I would assume it's safe to say that you probably get a good amount of pregame and postgame for baseball season over there, correct? Absolutely. Um, during the baseball game, more so before the game start, we get there's a huge rush of people that are constantly coming by, and I think this year is going to be a little bit better than last year, just because we're going to have a little bit more. You know, we're going to be more established. People are going to know we're here, and our patio is going to be a little bit more visible. Nice. But like you said, it, with it being a historic building, we can't put signage on the actual building, so it is hard for people to, you know, find out that we actually are here. So anything that we can do outside the building, we have a sign on the elevator shaft outside because it's not considered historic. But um, getting the patio out there and, you know, getting those umbrellas, that's really going to pop a lot more, I think, for this year. But, yeah, absolutely. People stop by for beer. Nice. Now, do you guys do any, like, uh, events or partnerships with the ballpark? Or is that something maybe that you hope you can do in the future if you're not already? Yeah, I think that's going to be something more so for this year. Um, they have a lot of different sponsorship opportunities, potentially. But um, last year, you know, with it being the first year, we were just kind of focusing on getting up on our feet and getting the business running the way that we wanted to see it run and really getting into the distribution game a little bit more. Um, that was totally new to us last year, so we're getting that in check right now. Uh, we actually just got into a whole bunch of local Joe Oscos, which was huge, in Benny's. Awesome. So, that is huge. Very huge. For sure. Yeah. I think... Um, this year, for sure, we're going to need to try to get in touch with the slime a little bit more. So. Nice. And so I haven't been out there yet. I'm definitely getting it on my list, trying to figure out when I can make the trip out. Um, but what can I expect when I get out there? Are you guys, you know, beer only? Do you guys offer food? Um, what's it like? What can your people expect when we step out there? We are a full gastro club. Like I said, we have a huge variety of beers, um, anything from pilsners to dessert stouts and everything in between. 
Um, we had six different wines on tap, actually, and a full bar as well. All right. And then we are a, ga- we are a gastro place. We have a full restaurant, anything from sandwiches like burgers, Rubens, chicken sandwiches, flatbread, tacos, all the way up to steaks and pork chops. All right, so, so now we're just drooling over right, here. Yeah. You know, I think I think we're ready for it. <laughs> and now you got to come out. <laughs> yes, for sure. Definitely. I, I do believe a couple of uh, of people that shared your, your post to go vote did did mention the food, uh, which I thought was interesting because when you're, when you're in a bracket of breweries, you think the focus would be on the beer, but I saw some people that wanted to call to attention that that was every bit as tasty and as good as your beers, and that's a differentiator because some of these places are only serving their beer. You guys have that added thing, and I I think the the craft beer community is always really nice because uh, they always welcome outside food when they don't have their own kitchen. You know, they always say like, hey, we've got menus if you want to call and have delivery or if you want to bring in your own stuff off the street. Like we're completely like cool with that. But well, that's a nice strategy to make sure people, you know, stay and keep drinking and don't feel they have to leave to go, you know, get dinner or whatever. Uh, I think it's an even better strategy to have a kitchen because then not only are they staying and, and, and eating food to continue soaking up your beers, but they're also eating your food. So it's another <laughs> another source of revenue. And from what I've seen shared on social media, everybody seems to think that that is just as delicious. So uh, congrats on that as well. Maybe if you want to give a shout out to if you have a head chef that's in charge of that. Absolutely. Henry DeLeon, I'm sure he's going to listen to this. He, he kills it in the kitchen. He's just back there whipping it up all the time. So Awesome. And uh, uh, I, I want to I want to give you the floor to uh, to promote anything you might have as far as like events or beer releases. Uh, by all means, plug away on that. So um, actually, in the second week of April, it's perfect timing. Um, our flagship Big Bull Stout, which is our number one distributed beer, we're going to be doing a different variant capping. So... Through the 11th and 13th of April, we're going to do Save Both Out on the 11th with vanilla bean. Ooh. Friday, we're going to bring it with some cocoa nibs. And then Saturday, we're going to finish it off with local Plainfield 10 Drops coffee. Oh, oh fantastic. I like everybody, the partnership there. Everybody likes 10 Drops. That is some great coffee. I'm going to be oh, very, yeah. very happy about that one. Uh, also, some wonders in beers, too. So we use it for all of our coffee styles. Perfect. Yeah, it's it's nice to have that partnership. It's uh, consistency with your coffee stouts for sure, and you, you picked a good partner in that one, guaranteed. Um, one other thing that I'd like you to do, if you can please plug all your social media handles, because for events like you just mentioned, I, I want to make sure everybody is aware of how they can stay up to date on any news and events moving forward. Yeah, so we're most active on Facebook. We have a whole bunch of different groups going, and feel free to like us on Facebook. Instagram is where we're most active. Um, actually, surprisingly, after this bracket we got a little bit more active on twitter because there was voting that was involved there as well so thank nice. you guys for that yeah <laughs> um and then yeah like i said just stay in touch and then at the end of april we are also going to be doing a release of a beer it's going to be our lupulin city which is going to be our milkshake ipa with galaxy citra and mosaic hops nice delicious love me a good milkshake that's awesome. And I got to say, like, uh, just to touch on the, the Twitter comment you just made. So uh, earlier in the episode, we talked to uh, Clint from uh, Lake Effect Brewing, and, and we said that we saw his strategy happen where you guys, your voting was so heavily on Facebook. And then so Clint got the smart idea, let me start 
doing Twitter more. Maybe we could catch up to them on, on the tweets. And they started to catch you right. guys. And then I saw you guys come around with the Twitter in the, like the, <laughs> the last like 48 to 72 hours and made sure you held them off by about 50 votes. So very, very smart, uh, strategically played game for sure. And I know all the, the listeners out there and the general people on social media aren't looking at those details. But me like mm-hmm. running our social media, I saw every bit of that as it happened. And I was appreciating <laughs> the gamesmanship there between the two breweries. <laughs> and it even being mutually beneficial too. We were talking about just the growth even from our own side. So the exposure, you know, the followership, even just being in touch with, you know, different breweries or people that are just interested in drinking or having a beer. So um, it was a good time all around and we're excited to crown you guys. Yeah, you you definitely don't have to just thank us for including you on the bracket. We definitely want to thank you because as we've established, your social media presence was strong. You had a lot of people come out and support and that all rolled over onto us. We probably like tripled, almost quadrupled by now our likes and followers on Facebook and a lot of it had to do with breweries like yours uh, bringing their fans into the fold and as they became aware of the tournament they became aware of us they became aware of other great beer and I think it was just a big win for the the craft beer community in the Chicagoland area as a whole so just like kudos all around to everybody that was involved in this it was a huge success yeah and I I just want to touch back again really quick on that Twitter thing Um, so I didn't even know there was really voting going on on Twitter at all but when I woke up the next morning I was looking for our Aoman comment because I was excited for it (laughs) 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 it was given out to everybody I was super stoked to see what, you know, what we were going to get. And then I noticed that, you know, they lost the Lake Effect through the Twitter votes. I was like, oh, well. Okay, well, that's a different element here. So. <laughs> yeah, so so that that's funny that you mentioned that because Ailman, by far, their gamesmanship, their trash talk to each new opponent uh, was just hilarious <laughs> was throughout. Uh, whether awesome. whether it was commenting on their opponent's uh, Blu-ray collection or their taste <laughs> in like classic hip hop and R and B and things like that, yeah, it was just alone. yeah, <laughs> it, it was just amazing. I, I had a laugh every morning that we started a, a new week of the bracket and I woke up and, and would read those and yeah, like. I, there were definitely people that were reaching out and saying like, Hey, I thought like such and such brewery won. And I was like, Oh, well, if you refer it back, it's like, I, I get it. You know, you only right. see what's in front of your face. I was like, but in our, our posts all the time, we always make sure we say it was a combination of the Facebook and mm-hmm. Twitter votes that I had to Absolutely. manually add together. And <laughs> as you said, you know, it's a pretty nice feeling to, to think that you lost and then realize because of Twitter that, that you won by one vote. And that's what happened for Lake effect. And that's why they met you in the finals but mm-hmm. uh really entertaining great participation obviously you guys lake effect uh Elman, and everybody else in that that top half of the bracket for sure the top 16 are coming back the bottom 16 you know we'll see a lot of people that were either reaching out from you know a brewery themselves or a fan of, of a, a certain brewery saying like hey you know like consider them next year um so this is just the start of a lot of really great things mm-hmm. and i really love danielle's idea if we can maybe uh make it about beer tasting in the final four <laughs> it would be even better absolutely i think that'd be awesome that'd be a lot of fun we're excited we're gonna get um like a trophy or a plaque together or something for you guys and make sure that we yeah. I've got a guy. I've oh, got a guy. Got a guy already. I will send you a picture of, of my longtime Fantasy Football League's Fantasy Football <laughs> trophy that I had made by my guy, and you'll be excited about oh, yeah. what we might churn out for you guys. Yeah. So We'll make sure we um, hand-deliver that with love um, and make sure that we catch up with you in person, obviously, and grab some brews, hopefully sit down for you know a full interview with you. And Awesome. Well, I look forward to it, guys. 
I really appreciate you having me. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I'll keep in touch. We will definitely set up a, a full in-depth interview uh, with you guys. I know we, we definitely, we've gone as long as like an hour and a half with some breweries. Uh, <laughs> if they've got stuff to say, you know, we want to hear it. We definitely don't want to cut it short. So we'll definitely do uh, an episode that features specifically on you guys very in-depth. And I will make sure that I, I deliver that trophy, whether it is on the day of that interview or hopefully sooner if we just come out for Heck some yeah. uh, some summer fun on the patio and maybe taking a, a Slammers game over there next door. Awesome. That sounds like a plan to me. All right, Vince. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of the bracket. And congratulations on taking down 31 other amazing Chicagoland breweries. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have All good. right. You too. Awesome. Thanks, Vince. Bye-bye. Vince Therese, one of the owners of Migraine Brewing Company in Joliet, Illinois. And I'm glad that when I said Joliet, that he also, when saying it, said Joliet, because I never knew the the right way to say it. Like, well, if you live Joliet. in... Joliet. Right, like, people say Joliet, people say Joliet. Uh, the the famous uh, uh, shock jock, Mr. Mancow Muller, would often <laughs> refer to it as Joylet, because he thought it was a toilet. And we don't think that at all. Like, that's... Joliet. 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 Um, it's a very awesome area. Everything Vince said is true. I wish that I was out there more often, but you know what? We're hitting spring. We're going to be cruising right in the summer. And I, gorgeous patio weather over there. Right. And I, and I love myself some minor league baseball because, uh, my God, the majors are expensive. It's like $20 hot dogs and like $80, $100 tickets just to sit in the nosebleed sometimes. It, it's crazy. So, uh, definitely looking forward to that. And uh, I know Alan had a, a very interesting comment that he was holding. Uh, he was wondering how, how Vince walked. Yeah, Why? I was wondering if Vince walks like Vince McMahon, you know, that cocky little strut now that he's uh, the champion. He, he, he may. If, uh, if Vince is listening to this, uh, I don't know if he's a wrestling fan, but you by all means have earned the right to walk like Vincent Kennedy McMahon with the, like, the arms flailing and the shoulders <laughs> going back and forth. Just strut it out, man. You are the first ever inaugural champion of the 2019 AWD Craft Madness Tournament. Locked it up. So happy to celebrate him. So happy to celebrate his brewery. And uh, we're definitely going to sit down with him uh, this summer and and have a great time and and do a more in-depth interview. So super, super cool for him to join us. And, uh, of course, earlier today, Clint from Lake Effect as well. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to wrap this thing up. You don't want to miss it. Please stick and stay. Catch you soon. Want to get in touch with the show? Email us at awdpodcast at gmail.com. And that, unfortunately, is going to do it for this one. It's been a very, very fun time. Uh, I've got to thank all of our guests. Uh, Danielle was back in action today co-hosting. Thank you. Yes, Yay. glad to be here. Alan, as the the guy, you walked into our bar. Yes. And, and, and you you did the friend guest co-host. He's, appreciate you uh, he's chiming the, in. the glue that keeps this thing together. I mean, that's Guys, how essentially Pooch and I met. So this it's awesome to have you. This my car. This true. This podcast doesn't really happen. Man. This podcast doesn't happen like with us doing the co-host thing if Alan wasn't our mutual friend. Yeah. So I uh, finally got to have Alan on and we'll definitely do it again where he will shit all over America's best breweries with his... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> his pints down ratings. I feel so bad. Breckenridge, I love your vanilla porter. It's so good. Am I right? It doesn't even matter if like the big wigs buy you out. It still tastes good. That vanilla porter dough. It's huh. so good. And of course, we have to thank our uh, our interview guest for our double dose of Here's to You. Yeah. Clint, Clint Bouts of Lake Effect Brewery. Like a bounce, Ooh. he was. Uh, yes, and uh, look forward to everything they have going on in the next couple of years. They're going to have a goddamn fire pole to slide down at their brewery. I'll Hell bring yeah. my dollars. <laughs> do it. Do it. Run that shit. And then, of course, we had Vince from Migraine Brewing, and we're going to go visit him as well. Both of those we guys. We are the, the champions, champions, my friend. Bow, bow, bow. And we're not going to make a movie about that. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> but it's still pretty cool. So Vince, Migraine Brewery, congratulations. Uh, we'll definitely go visit them. We'll go see a Can't ball game. Can't wait for that patio. We'll see you guys Ooh, out there. Yes, patio, food, beer, ball game, little little slammers, Joliet slammers action. Yeah, last time I was there, they were called the Joliet Jackhammer. So. Jackhammer, oh. that shit, yes. Now they just want to slam it. They just want to slam it. Before they jackhammered it, but that was like too staccato. Now they want to slam it, which is like a one and done. It's not repetition of the jackhammer Man. is what's going on right there. But yeah, thank you to both Clint and Vince. Uh, they had a really awesome finals that made it like the best possible outcome we could have. The little guy, two little guys coming up big in the finals of the 2019 AWD Craft Madness Tournament. Uh, again, like while they felt like they were thankful that it helped get them more exposure, more eyes on them, it also helped us to bring fans of 32 breweries uh, into our home and, and know that like, hey, like if your brewery that you're a fan of hasn't been featured yet, obviously we're looking forward to having them on the show. Yep. Uh, there's so many to knock down. We only do one a month, but we will get there uh, in the coming months for sure. So definitely hit us up on social media. If you work for, if you own, if you're just a big fan of a brewery, we'll obviously try to make it a priority to get yeah. there and do an interview and feature those guys on the podcast. Definitely check them out. If you need their info, you can definitely do that through us as well. We are on Facebook and Instagram at AWD Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at AWD Pod. Um, don't forget Snapchat. You can catch us in the moment when we're in the studio, when we're out and about. And that is at After Work Drinks. And that's all one word for Snapchat. Yes, sir. And uh, hopefully we can keep the band together for the May episode. Let's we, do it. We, we've got Danielle here. She's back in the saddle. We want to keep that rolling. And uh, we'll get some new guests in, too, to guest host. Hopefully we'll get my guy Greg, who hooked us up with two of the beers that we reviewed today on Pints Up, Pints Down. So that'll be cool. He should definitely be a future guest. Uh, we'd definitely like to have Alan again in the near future. And, uh, oh. man, what to look forward in May? The the May episode, we've got Cinco de Mayo. That's another holiday that gets turned into a, a day of drinking. Cinco so. day drinking. Drinko. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, I guess we'll have to embrace that. And then you got Memorial Day, which is kind of like the first major barbecue opportunity holiday-wise as the weather warms up here in Chicago. And at barbecues, of course, there will always be drinks. And where there are drinks, you will find After Work Drinks podcast. Uh, I've got to say uh, thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks to you two for being here. And uh, I'm not sure who we're going to feature just yet next month, but obviously you'll have another featured person in the industry. So whether that be 
be a brewery, winery, distillery. Uh, I basically got like a, a line of people that were trying to get through the pipeline here. So just whoever whoever's available, man, we're just going to bang them out as much as we can. And reach on out to us if you're interested. If you're trying to link us up with somebody, we'd love to get them featured. You know, it's all it's all mutual here. <laughs> Indeed. It's all one big craft community, whether you're a craft distiller, a craft brewer, and maybe you're making the vino. Maybe you're a sommelier, eh? Well, we can do that too. Straight out of Italy, man, eh? (laughs) All right. So in the meantime, we ask you that uh, as the weather warms up, that you please, in your warm weather adventures, drink responsibly, don't drink and drive, be good to each other out there, and let's make it all back here safely next month to hang out once more. And that's going to do it for this episode of AWD. Be sure to follow us on social media for bonus content and all the latest show news and announcements. This has been the After Work Drinks Podcast. Until next time, cheers. Hey man, I need a strong drink. But first, I need to sneak out of work real fast. Kick the shit off like a wedding crash. Hit my computer off. I slide past my boss. I will be tossed. If I'm caught again, but fuck it. I'm on the cell phone calling all my friends. How we do? People say I got hex games for brains. Cause the way I live my life, I must be insane. But life's an adventure. I just ride it out. Live in the moment. Might die tomorrow. Relax. I don't write this song to make it back. I wrote the song cause works out. Man, it's time to drink. You know.